Okay, I'm number six, and this is the New Prisoners Interviews. And I'm here with TMP contributors Lisa Belanger and Chris Graves. We're also joined by special guests Dale and Keisha Richardson, uh, Andrew Shibjez, we'll work on that, and then Lisa Ulrich. <laughs> And then, of course, I'm joined. Maybe John Henry can take a whack at it. You're you're better at that stuff. We had John Bud Graves. Can you say it? Was it Budon? Budain? Uh, John Bodwin. Bodwin. Uh, yes. Yeah. There we go. I was saying Boudouin like that, and um, <laughs> it sounds uh, yeah. Yes, it's were. like a duck type That's of not even noise. Close, man. I know. It was. It was just yeah. John Henry, can you say it better? <laughs> what Boudouin? Oh, thank you. Yeah, yes. you've had some experience with the uh, Quebec peoples. <laughs> Got to get out there more often, my friend. I know. You get into the world, man. <laughs> but I, I mean, Dale, you, you've dealt with a lot of those people in your life, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you, you, you know what John Henry's talking about <laughs> when, he, when he talks about the accent and the things, <laughs> right? But he did. He did yeah. mention this. A wonderful idea that John Henry and I are all about this uh, beautiful stuffing. Um, and one of uh, John's last substacks, he talked about how his mother would save the uh, uh, crusts from the bread all year. He'd grind them up at the end and then mix it all up with beef and pork. And that is exactly the kind of stuff that John Henry and I like to talk about. When we're oh, not yeah. talking about crazy stuff like politics and stories like this. So got to have something to come back to that's a little bit more wholesome right there, Grace. <laughs> thank you yeah so we, it's we, kind of like an analogy for the show old crusty things getting together <laughs> to make something beautiful and, and delicious yes <laughs> that's our panel graves looks like Love gumbo these. tastes amazing like gumbo but um now um what i was gonna get into at first uh just so the audience um that might not be familiar uh we did an interview with dale and keisha a little while back and talking about their story about well geez i don't i don't even know how to you can't really put this story into a box very well because it, it has so many elements to it i mean we're talking about the COVID pandemic and you know outright uh just i'd say negligence if not treason right yeah, so we'll we'll throw that out there and I'll, we'll we'll elaborate um there is human trafficking elements to this there's failures in the immigration system um, there is, uh, sexual allegations. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to discuss tonight or not. Don't have a trillion dollars there, Graves, but, um, you know, don't want to get sued, but no, uh, there is so much to this, but I'll have, uh, Dale and Keisha maybe update us, uh, update us on their story and what they've been up to since then. And tell us about this great new project that they've developed here called the Karis Project. And um, and then we'll uh, get with our other guests. But uh, before we do that, does everybody just want to do a brief introduction, starting with Dale, uh, out of our guests? Yeah, my name is Dale Richardson. I mean, I'm a mechanical engineering technologist with a Bachelor of Technology from Oral University. I pioneered some research into SARS HVAC infection controls and found a whole whack of crimes. <laughs> That's really it. We'll kind of go from there. All right. And Keisha, do you want to introduce yourself? Hello, good people. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm Keisha Richardson. I'm Dale's daughter. I'm literally just a person. Um, I did make uh, some OHNS complaints um, in, at the facility I worked at, a maximum security prison and hospital for the criminally and mentally insane. 
in regards to some of the research that my dad pioneered, um, I've been working with him this entire time to kind of combat uh, the evils at bay, if you will, during the COVID pandemic, which, you know, are not limit or include, but are not limited to um, trafficking, um, crimes of aggression, you know, so many things going on right now. So yeah, just doing that, you know, just a person. Well, I'm also American the- Indian, yeah. <laughs> which, which makes my, uh, the, my head like nearly explode every time I hear about the immigration issues that you've had, because I just, uh, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. But, um, Andrew, just want to give the audience a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. Um, so my name is Andrew Zierzitz. I'm um, Polish for everybody listening. Um, I am, I'm a medical doctor. Um, just for a little bit of background, I started my career out at um, Ohio State in undergrad. I, I did uh, chemistry and biology, um, did some research in thermodynamics, protein biochemistry. Um, I went and did a dual MDMS in neuroscience track. Uh, I was trained at University of Southern California. Uh, I studied Alzheimer's disease in particular. Um, and then finished up my my uh, doctorate at St. George's University, and then uh, went into pediatric medicine uh, in New York. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of the, the necessary history, I think, for me. All right. And then we're also uh, joined by Lisa. Is it Ulrich? Am I saying it right? Yeah, actually, yeah. All right. And uh, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. It says that you're an RN here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just a nurse, and. Uh... I've been doing uh, a lot of research since 2020 um, and basically compiling a, um, a massive report kind of tying a whole lot of things together. Um, I've been working with Dale and Keisha for a few months. All right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I'd say. Um, and, you know, and Andrew now. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I listened to your, uh, is it Dr. Makis? Is that how you pronounce it? Oh, Dr. Makis, yeah. Makis, here we go. Just nailing the, nailing the pronunciations, John Henry. <laughs> nailing them. All right. Where's your but, co-host, man, where you, where you need him? Exactly. got to correct this issue. He's, he's got the. <laughs> Listen, he knows he doesn't even have to try. But when he does, it's kind of adorable. Bodwin. 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 I have to, like, say it over and over again. Like, repeat it 10 times or something. There's a, there's a method. But um, uh, th- thank you, thank you, Lisa. <laughs> but I was gonna say, does uh, rather Dale or Acacia want to give the audience just sort of like a, a brief update on everything that's been going on since our last um, conversation here? Hey, can I interject States? before Ooh, you do that? Do. Yeah. Could you just kind of please give everybody a little bit of a synopsis uh, of what was covered the first time? Um, obviously, we just. Not sure if everybody has heard that first episode. So if you could just kind of give us a brief overview uh, of just that background and that situation and then the update, please. Okay. Well, let me take a crack at it. And uh, Dale or Keisha, you guys chime in and correct me if I'm wrong on something. All right. Um, So let me start off. Uh, Dale is an environmental hygienist of sorts. So he uh, is an engineer that works with air. Um, And when you're working with air, he was uh, tasked to look at uh, ventilation systems in dental offices and he noticed that the equipment and setup and uh, sort of mixture i believe especially was not right and whenever it came to eradicating COVID in offices so if you imagine folks you go into an enclosed space 
with an aerosolized virus, which yes, the virus or whatever you want to call it is aerosolized, how it got that way. We'll maybe talk about that a little bit later. But um, when you're encountering something like that, though, um, you want to clean the air or else it just travels to the vents and gets everybody, right? Like if you if you have the ability to wipe that out and you know at uh, in the ventilation systems, then you don't have to worry about things like wearing a, a full respirator, <laughs> you know, to enter a hospital or a dentist's office anymore. Um, now, and this also goes with other types of contagions too. This isn't just COVID that this targets, I believe. So, um, Dale was bringing to the attention of the Canadian government that they uh, were basically paying um, what millions, if not billions, of dollars to install faulty equipment. Um, to not use it properly. And then when he brought that to the Canadian government's attention, John Henry, guess what they said? They're like, oh no, we're going to keep paying for it anyway. We're just going to keep doing this wrong because, well, we, we have these friends that you know we're probably going to pay for their work and regardless if they're doing it right or not. Um, now that, whenever it comes to you know the whole entire country of Canada being locked down, people being forced into vaccination, and all sorts of other things that terrible that we've covered here on the new prisoners for the past year or so. Um, when you have somebody that could have made a difference that early on and how this was spread and how this was handled, think of all the harm that that could have eradicated. And I'm not talking about just like the lockdowns and the forced vaccination. I'm talking about the death that could have happened. Like we're talking about people's lives. And when it, when he, when Dale was like, here, I figured this out. Let's fix it. They went after him. Now, this is where, this is kind of like a, a Lisa question almost here. This, this is definitely up, up you know, her alley and many others that I've met through her on Twitter. Shout out to our friend Jeff Fenton. Uh, Dale has also gone through absolute hell uh, with family court. Go figure. Uh, we've covered that quite a bit um, here at the New Prisoners about how to not put faith in the court system. So not only did the Canadian government fail in protecting its citizens whenever it came to uh, the ventilation systems and places like dental offices, hospitals, and other institutions, then also they went after him as a dissident. Um, he had his daughter taken from him. Um, that's the source of the name of the Karis Project, I believe, and also um, the, the name of Dale's company. Um, now Dale started a consulting, uh, firm basically to, to start working with this, to, to help people correct these issues, to get this information out here. I believe that's Andrew, you looked through that work and verified that on your own. And you had some comments with us, you know, off air about that. Hopefully we can get back to that, uh, subject soon, but, um, sure. you know, but, uh, you know, for Dale, not only did he have that happen to him, but also at the same time, Keisha was, was, was helping in this fight. And I believe by refusing to wear a mask, um, she was also institutionalized. Dale was institutionalized. Uh, they were both tortured. Uh, Dale was strapped to a bed and, and have had injections put into him that he didn't want. Um, and that was the source of the thumbnail for the interview that we used was the picture of the bed that Dale was strapped to. Um, now Keisha tried to escape to the United States. Again, Keisha, you are a what? Just so everybody hears. I'm, I'm a, so I'm actually an American Indian. Okay. So, I'm, you know, crossing the border should be easy, but go figure. You present research of treason and election interference and bioterrorism. And they're like, just kidding. So, so yeah. John Henry, as, as we've reached like how many hundreds of thousands of immigrants uh, coming through the NGO uh, gravy train 
all the way up here from God knows where. Uh, Keisha can't escape and claim asylum here whenever she was being targeted by her government in Canada. It's so, extraordinary. It yeah. really is. It's you know, I thought, you know, since she's an American Indian, I thought you just said John Smith. Yeah. That's all I need to say. I'm it's, walking across America. It is, I am a native of this land. I, you know, I, it, yeah, it, it boggles the mind to imagine that this, that this happened. I mean, it, just failure at every single level. It's, it's appalling. It's appalling. Except, except, but for the fact that when you're a whistleblower, it's actually not an anomaly, and and it's well, uh, sure. yeah. I mean, nightmare. I'm a whistleblower. I have my lawsuit and all, right? all that. It's a, it's a nightmare. Well, and, and also it, shout out to Dale's mom for being a G and like really yes. like doing everything that she could to help them and like She's get them out of institutions savvy. and everything else. Like just really, when you have family like that, you, you gotta <laughs> gotta shout them out. But um, jeez, I. Geez, I know if I missed anything. Dale Acacia, do you want to chime in there and maybe fill in some of those gaps that I left? Yeah, I'll fill in a little bit. Um, what I actually found was that uh, they introduced a critical weakness into the infrastructure of Canada and the United States that could be exploited. In worst case scenario, you could distribute a biological weapon and make it look like a random outbreak. When I brought this to the attention of people, that's when crimes started to occur before I even was aware. The family court actually was initiated as a weapon against me before I even realized. There's now fraud complaints, forgery complaints against the courts. There is four criminal negligence complaints, which with the work that has been done with uh, myself, Lisa, um, Dr. Marcus, and then there's Chris Schaefer, Maskefs, and others, will be able to have them investigated as murders now because of the way the criminal code works. But it came in as criminal investigations. Um, there's also a high treason complaints. Made a treason complaints in the United States to the FBI, except they did not uh, do anything with the investigation. We we're actually talking with someone who has criminal complaints, and they should have received this exculpatory evidence but they were never given it so anybody who's being charged because of covid should have been given this evidence from the federal government but they don't didn't get it and so there's a whole host of other things um and so they their first response was to steal and traffic my infant daughter um you know they subjected her to a whole lot of stuff and then now with the research as it's gotten worse because i went ahead and did monkeypox as well when that first came out and threw that out, showing that the way that the patient zeros were coming up were like consistent with uh, a biological weapon because they were too far outside of the area of where it was uh, normally found. And that I used some chemical engineering documents that quoted the CDC that demonstrated that they were testing uh, monkeypox for aerosolization in the level four labs, as well as things like COVID started working with Lisa. She had, like, I mean, she's the walking library. Um, she had the treasure trove of all of these things. Like, I found the gun. She found all the bullets. And, I mean, uh, Dr. Shevchev was able to come in and, uh, you know, bring his part in from his perspective because he, you know, um, did some research in some of the areas of what we found. And Keisha, you know, just being completely violated 
every time she tried to present this evidence and allowed crimes to continue, like somebody pulling a firearm on her and so forth. They just let them basically walk, tried to shove it into a family court, um, you know, tried to initiate the Crime Victim Rights Act in the uh, District Court of South Carolina. And every judge, including the uh, chief judge, had that. And five days to deal with it was four months ago. And so we're watching this, this like 100% chance of, you know, instance of negative outcomes whenever this research is presented to anybody. And I've had um, every engineering body in Canada is being presented this evidence. They're trying to sack me in the intellectual property office for something that should be under the uh, uh, Canada Business Corporations Act because they can't lawfully come after me. Is, Let me uh, just uh, interject, Dale, so that people understand. It's a systemic playbook uh, for the um, for the officials to bring people into the probate and family court because it's a system where they routinely do not use uh, the Constitution. I mean, probate and family court itself is unconstitutional. <clears throat> so that in of itself uh, needs to be removed, but it is what it is uh, that they have these courts instituted and they specifically use them because they're unlike regular criminal courts. And if they pursued uh, retaliation in the criminal courts, that would blow up in, in their face because in criminal courts, uh, generally, you have a better uh, avenue and better ability to, to bring in evidence versus when they particularly use the probate and family court because of their applied lesser standards. of uh, they, they rely on horrendous hearsay, totem pole hearsay, which means, you know, not direct evidence of any kind, but, uh, you know, what's that REO uh, Speedwagon song, Heard From a Friend Who, Heard It From a Friend. Uh, game of so, telephone. Yeah. Game of, okay. game of telephone, they call that. It was actually worse than that. Mm -hmm. um, many of my cases that I went to, nobody even showed up and they, they gave them the win, or they would, uh, for example, I presented a 3,000-page engineering report. They gave me 15 minutes to speak. They judged me arguments for people and so forth. Nobody as ever well, brought evidence. As well as docket tampering, uh, not allowing evidence to go into the record that there's no you know, and, and let's, let's, for it not to be brought in. And, and I think, you know, let's really look at what Dale's research proves. I mean, beyond any doubt, let's just, let's just be completely clear at the, at the forefront of this discussion that it is absolutely unequivocally true. Um, I looked at his research, and his research is on the HVAC systems. And HVAC systems run on mathematical principles. Two plus two equals four every single day, Monday through Monday through Sunday. It doesn't matter. Um, and when I'm looking through his research, what it's what it's 
What it's showing is just failure after failure after failure. They didn't use UV lights. UV lights obviously destroyed germs. They didn't, they couldn't actually isolate, you know, certain areas. Now, now Dale did research in dental offices, in, in major institutions, large scale things. I mean, but at the end of the day, they're all very similar and they all go hand in hand. You know, doing an HVAC system in a home is very similar to doing an HVAC system in a huge institution. It's just more complex. The math is still all the same is, is the point. You know, when, when patients are coming into the emergency department and they're trying to isolate people from COVID, you know, they didn't have the negative pressure systems in place. They didn't have the baffling in place. They didn't have this, this you can't isolate air very well. You know, for the people in the hospital that are working in surgical units and in very controlled settings, those are places where you can really isolate and you can really, and you can isolate patients on the floor to some extent. Um, but, you know, just walking in and out of the hospital, it's, it's, it's kind of an insane idea to think that you can isolate a virus that's in the air. I mean, that, that's, that's truly the de a definition of madness. You'd have to live life one. in a vacuum, wouldn't you? Exactly. You would have to be a boy in a bubble, you know, so. Shout out and to the, Paul the other thing is, you know, you look at, you look at the masks. And, I, and this was shocking to me. It's a Petri dish. You know, everybody wants to talk about the N95s and the, and, and the gas masks and everything, but who cares about that? Everybody was wearing surgical masks. COVID is five to seven microns, you know, wide, long, whatever you want to call it. The masks have a mesh framework that allows particles of greater than 100 microns through. So obviously that's not helping. Um, furthermore, you know, when you mask somebody, you can think of the HVAC system in your own body. The lungs are the air and the heart is the blood pumping through. That's, that's the lung, that's the guts of a building, right? That's the air and the water. And, you know, when you, when you think about masking somebody and they're putting their mask in their pocket and taking it off and they're, they're setting it down and removing it and doing all this, you're literally just putting a, a Petri dish on your face and breathing it in and out, in and out, in and out. And the fact that the fact that this even gained traction ever is is remains baffling to me because it just defies all common sense and logic. Um, but if people really want to, you know, look at the logic, you can't isolate something in the air. That's impossible. You can't trap something in the air. If you're going to try and do that, you have to kill it in the air and you have to destroy it. And the the solution to pollution is dilution. So you have to dilute it out. You know, so getting it out of the hospital, not trying to like maintain it in the hospital. You know, there's something called sick building syndrome, which occurred in the 1970s, which is very well known. You know, when this HVAC systems failed then and, and you know, people were getting Pontiac fever and, and things of that nature, that the HVAC systems were just spewing it around the building and there's asbestos and there's some fiberglass and, you know, some bugs and, and, and this and that. And the HVAC system is unfortunately a reservoir for water. And that's where these things like to grow because water is the root of life, essentially, in, in I mean, in chemistry, at least. Um, and that, you know, you're going to wind up spewing all of these things around the house. And then what happens? Sick, sick building syndrome. The people in the building continue to get sick and over and over and over again, they become ill. Now, that's, I mean, that's exactly what they did. They weaponized that in the hospital. People just maintained getting sick. And then we can go another step further and we could talk about the vaccines. First and foremost, it's unconstitutional. You know, where are the my body, my choice people? I guess they fell off the map. Um, but, you know, one of the things about the immune system is you need a natural immune response. If you vaccinate somebody continuously on a temporal basis, 
over and over every two weeks or every two months or something like that. What you wind up doing is, is shutting down the immune system. You kind of, you kind of quiet the immune system by hammering it. It's called neutropenia, lymphopenia. There's a, there's a couple of different things that occur, but essentially you're suppressing the immune system. Now, at the end of this, if you stop the vaccine, the immune system will reconstitute itself and that will cause the body to attack itself like crazy. Now, if you, so if that, if you stop getting the vaccine, you're going to be hospitalized likely. Um, not, not for sure, but theoretically. Um, and if you, so if you don't want that to happen, you have to get, keep getting the shot, but that limits your immune system, which means any other thing that you want to, any other thing in the air is going to hurt you further. And you're wearing a Petri dish on your face. Um, and not to mention when you're wearing the Petri dish, the baffle system is in full effect there. You can't take deep inspiratory breaths and deep expiratory breaths. Therefore, you're not actually cleansing the air naturally through the nares, through the cilia, through the mucociliary escalator system, through the IgA and the immune system. Um, once again, that's destroying your natural immunity, not letting it do its job. And you're destroying the physical functionality of your body. And all of these things are truly common sense. I mean, I know it sounds like I'm losing, I'm using a lot of big words and, and, and things like that, but, um, at the end okay. of the day, we have some medical I, people in the chat actually that are listening. So you feel free to right. hit us with the, with the knowledge, man. So, you know, so at the, at the end of the day here, um, this is all really simple because every single physician that has ever trained in medicine has studied ethics, has studied the Hippocratic Oath, has studied every single thing I just stated. That's, that's the point. Like every single doctor that has ever studied medicine and got an MD or a DO or anything like that, they all went to the same coursework I did. So, it, you know, once again, I find it, you know, what we're looking at here, and don't get me started on, I have a lawsuit in the state of New York over gender affirming care. I'm sorry, we're not hacking. You want me to hack off body pill, body parts of, of minors without consent of their part, parent? Even part if they, of the even same platform, right? <laughs> and and even, you, know, even you can tell from the, I call the parent yeah. psychopath. Yes, the lack of informed consent given, right? The, the, <laughs> the outright lunacy. Plus, uh, the, like taking, uh, removing yeah. information, right? Oh, Dale. Yes, please. Yeah, the, the, just wanted to interject here. The one thing that was really um, an issue, and I wanted to Casey to just sort of give what happened to her to sort of demonstrate this. Um, under Occupational Health and Safety Law in Canada, which is OSHA in the United States, you have a hierarchy of controls. You have elimination, substitution, engineering controls, administrative controls, and PPE. Now, when they introduced a known hazard, you recklessly increase the chances of injury and in, in death inherently. Like engineering controls your most powerful infection controls. You effectively skip this. You're seeing this happen both in Canada and the United States on lockstep. What is done is now it's a crime. It's criminal negligence, Title 18, Criminal Code in Canada. State laws may have the wording a little bit differently. So now you have a crime. Before anybody hears two weeks to slow spread while they're doing a risk assessment, they committed a crime. They changed the guidelines 20 years ago from the CDC. So they did this crime 20 years ago. They didn't have a math. Or in engineering, you have the numbers or you don't do it. 
They don't have the numbers. They did it anyway. That's deliberate intent. So now you've got the mens rea. Now you've got conspiracy because he's in Canada, United States, in multiple jurisdictions, working in lockstep. So now you, you've got in Canada, you've got a criminal organization for the purposes of the criminal code or the RICO laws in the United States. So now when somebody dies because of that, now you're looking at murder, first degree. The point is, is that the vaccination program that were built off of this original crime, they're all crimes. Every mandate that has ever been given out of this is a crime. Every right that has been taken has been a crime. It's not only just a crime, it's treason. It's just unequivocally the foundation for it. So everything begins to build on this. And what they're doing is punishing people because they're not going along with treason. Now, because of this, Keisha comes across the border because I sent her after what was going on and they tried to like basically murder us. Um, I sent her to the United States because I'm like, okay, they, at least they got the constitution there. And we've got, you know, we've got Castro Jr. running the show. We used to have the constitution. It's unfortunate. I don't know where it went. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, uh, Sorry. I mean, I'm, to... I'm an Army infantry veteran. And uh, I don't know what the hell happened to the constitution, man. That shit went out the window. At least you guys have some judges that are doing this. <laughs> I mean, it's yes. it, it's worse. Um, like, okay, Dale. When we find one, let me know. All right. Yeah. I mean, that's true. Too. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, at least I'll definitely put him to the test. Yes. So now we're looking at this whole situation where it's been done wrong. So I said, case you're cross. I'm like, you know, you're an American Indian. They should allow you cross. It's whatever. Not a chance. They just abduct her. That right there is just. There's so many crimes that is being just committed but the problem is is if this goes in front of to anybody this shuts down the whole narrative right off the legal precedence if i went to the court in in canada in july 3rd of 2020 the entire thing would have been shut down they would have nothing to say and then because they would have to justify why they're committing crimes in every jurisdiction the case goes across and if she had presented that evidence to a court or judge or law enforcement boys they're there in january 6th no that would happen the election interference wouldn't have happened because this is the means by which they did it and it, it doesn't yeah, matter but, Dale, do but, but i mean you're a conspiracy theorist dude where's your tinfoil hat I don't, I don't get it man i'm not you're not making any sense to me like, well uh, how do they explain to me that a uh, hundred teachers in a hundred jurisdictions mark two plus two equals five without conspiracy right? statistically right? it's impossible well, we live in the twilight zone now. No one told anybody, but I the upside down from Stranger Things, right? Exactly. Oh, We're upside down. Every, <laughs> everything is like this is my truth and your truth and my reality and your reality. There is no the truth and the reality anymore. It's just like what feels good to me and feels right to me. No, bro. Two plus well, two know, is I, four. <laughs> I have an interesting. I have an interesting consideration from a medical perspective. There, there. You know, there's a syndrome called Cotard syndrome. And that is, that's a, I mean, it's a documented syndrome where people, people think they're dead and they, they eat flesh. And I mean, they're really psychotically disturbed and, and, and you know, these patients exist, you know, if we're going to affirm things, if we affirmed that a patient is actually dead, well, by today's standards, we would kill them. Right. I mean, so it's just the, the lack of any rational thought. And, you know, I'm, I work at the Brooklyn hospital center and I'm the only doctor in an entire institution who said, 
the vaccines are bad. And, you know, they said, well, you're a conspiracy theorist. I said, well, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a very solid researcher, I'm a good doctor. Um, you know, I've never had a negative patient outcome ever, you know, which I think is pretty, I think that's a pretty good track record. Um, you know, I've got quite a few publications, won a few awards here and there, but, you know, I figured yeah, I'm pretty good. I, I don't think this is a conspiracy. I'm pretty sure this looks bad. And not to mention, I'm a vet. I'm sorry, I'm not putting that needle in my arm. Go to hell. Um, you know, but I, but I told him, you know, I, at the end of the day, I said, okay, fine. Let's, you know, give me the shot. I'm in pediatrics. I will tell every single person not to take the shot. And, you know, I think I saved probably thousands of lives. They can, you know, we can't, it's theoretical. I don't know. But, you know, that's, that's what I would say. And then, then when it came to, when it came to the idea of, you know, oh, you're going to, you're going to affirm people's, you know, psychotic cultish kind of gender identity, and you're going to start to butcher children. You're going to pharmacologically castrate them and surgically mutilate them. Um, and I said, no, they said, well, you're an activist and we're going to fire you. And I said, well, take your MD. I, don't, I didn't know that. I didn't know that, you know, I paid $500,000 for a license to murder anything that I wanted. Um, you know, people need to wake up. You know, I, you know, it's, it's, it's actually rather disturbing to me that we can calmly sit here and have this discussion right now because nobody should be calm. I mean, absolutely no one on earth should be calm right now when they're coming after your children. Dale is a prime example of what happens when you tell the truth. They took his two-year-old daughter who was being held in some undisclosed location and they trafficked the other young woman who's in this chat, who's a Native American. Where, where are the bleeding liberal hearts? You know, because I thought they were all about, you know, inclusion and this and that. Well, right here in this chat, for everybody listening, we have a black Native American white female who was trafficked, tortured beaten and sexually abused because her father said no to COVID. That, if that does not get people where they need to be, then they are lost. There is absolutely no hope because, you know, this is what happened in Nazi Germany, only we're at like Nazi 3000 at this point. And, you know, if you don't stand up against these people, dude, they're just going to destroy every, they hate everything i mean one of the things that's unbelievable is it's you know as you're speaking through this that we have european countries canada oregon that they're willing to participate in death affirming care suicides i mean you talk about slippery slope my god man i mean it's just unbelievable they they took they took the dr kovorkian thing you know to a massive extreme you know i don't agree with dr kovorkian um, but let's talk about what he did for a second. He gave life ending care to people who were on their deathbed suffering from excruciating cancers and things like that and begged yeah. to die. And he said, well, you can't, I can't release you because I'll lose my license. So you can't even go home to kill yourself. So what do I do? I'll, okay, I'll let you. He went to prison for a very long time for that. Now, if you just walk in and say, Hey, in fact, you don't even have to walk in and ask. If you walk in and you can't pay, they'll say, hey, why don't you just go home and kill yourself? That might make things I mean, easier. You have European countries allowing children that are suffering from yeah. depression to yeah. suicide. 
you know, I was watching a bunch of interviews, actually from Canada, of people going in for treatment for things like PTSD and emotional disorders. Mm-hmm. And literally, the healthcare professional, when I say that, <laughs> you know, in air quotes, recommending sure. that they commit suicide with it through. I've, I've seen, yeah, you know, I've seen some of those videos, and once again, I remain disturbed and unimpressed. Um, you know, I've seen those videos, and and I find them to be, you know. Like, this is an aberrant practice. The last time we, the last time somebody actually, you know, treated a psychological illness with a surgical procedure or with a suicidal thing was the lobotomy. Absolutely. And the time before that, it was Mangala. So I want people to remember that the people that did this in the past were Mangala and the people who pioneered the lobotomy, and that's the side of history that you're on, and the books will not be kind. And God, I'm a Christian. Can I add this as well? Anyone that is in fear of being called a conspiracy theorist, conspiracy the, the, the term uh, conspiracy theorist or conspiracy theory was coined by the CIA in 1967 for anyone that was going against the Warren Commission report that Lee Harvey Oswald was the only was the lone lone killer of President Kennedy, so that basically all conspiracy theorists actually means is anyone that is questioning the official story or or questioning it's just a way to silence dissent exactly and a form of social engineering if you look at it that way because you can't even look at the actual definition of the term conspiracy right it's how they relate the term conspiracy as a bad thing but if you look at what connotations yeah yeah. every day in court yeah yeah right in our face they don't even conspire anymore they just come on have uh have well uh, if you look at if you look at psychology it, it actually, and I don't mean to take over this chat, but I mean, I love the dynamic here. If you look at the site. Dale's the still waiting on uh, his turn, too. Just saying. <laughs> Dale, I'm going to jump in one more time before you rule, brother. I, I apologize, hope it's okay. Sorry. I, one just, more, I, I got one more thing for the doctor. Oh, am you, I, you want am to I finish good? your point? Yeah, yeah. And then I have one more thing for you when you're done. Sure. I'll just wrap up really quick. I mean, the. You know the whole psych, the whole psych profile of 101 of this is, you know, let's let's teach people to love the shot. That's like teaching a heroin addict to love the shot, man. Of course they're going to feel good. If you look at the psych profile of a heroin user, an injection drug user, the funniest thing about this, well, it's not funny at all, but I mean, the interesting thing about this is their body releases the dopamine and the serotonin and all those neurotransmitters before they shoot up because they're prepared, they're amped up for it. So if you wonder why these people are, you know, amped up to go get their 17th booster, it's just psych 101 people. Like once again, how do we get here? This, I learned this, I don't know, 20 years ago. It's the ritual before, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. John Henry. All right, doc, masks. So going back to the point that you made as far as the masks go in the microns, you know, with that, a couple things that to, to me are really key points. Um, number one, compliance, right? Because at the end of the day, when it came to the masks, mandates, mandates are not laws, they're strong recommendations. And there was never any specificity on what type of mask you had to be wearing, whether it was on an airplane or in a restaurant or anywhere. And yeah. you can't just say as long as something covers your face, that qualifies as a mask, right? Bandanas, uh, t-shirt sleeves cut off of shirts i mean just filthy and absolutely disgusting 
And, you know, to me, and, and I've, I've brought up this point many times on the show, and it's my opinion, is with those, that also evaporated any sense of individuality from people. Oh, yes. And, absolutely. you know, one of the times throughout history that if we have seen individuality taken away from people is when everybody's head was shaved and stuck in the same outfit. And I think yep. you guys know exactly what I'm referring to. Um, terrifying. Now, the last thing is with those masks, one of the things that 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 specifically drove people to do is it drove regular citizens to be empowered to police one another. Right. Yeah. And when you look at the type of totalitarian rule that was pushed upon us and authoritarian rule, well, there's a lot more citizens than there are leaders. And again, that's one of those air quotes things. So what is the one way that you control a populace? Well, it's very simple. You drive them to police one another and it caused sure. so much divisiveness. So to me, that kind of rounds up. What was the point of those masks? What were they there to accomplish? Because we know at the end of the day, they didn't accomplish a damn thing when it came to whether or not somebody got sick or somebody was transmitting a virus to one another. Well, and when these people commit their criminal actions, you realize that they're masked, right? Well, the writing, yeah, it was uncanny, the timing, right? Everybody had a mask on. I also wanted to chime in and say we have nothing against shaved heads uh, because half the people <laughs> we've invited on the show in the past like week or so. I'm just saying. Uh, but uh, Dale, you had something to say, my friend? Yeah, I just wanted to quickly touch on the, the whole conspiracy thing. Like if there's no conspiracies, there's no drug trafficking, no sex trafficking, no mafia. Those things are all myths and fairy tales. So they, they, they just try to smoke blow smoke up your hind parts because they don't want to get caught. So, I mean, so many crimes work on conspiracy and would no longer be, you know, they'd have to let the prisons go out, no gangs, no nothing. Like, that. that's just nonsense. You've lost your mind. I just wanted to get back to Keisha because I wanted her to start talking about what they did to her Native yeah. American card while she was inside of the immigration facility and what they did in the courts. And after that, I'd also like to hear from our friend Lisa Ulrich, too. Uh, she's been waiting patiently to add her uh, stories, too. But Keisha. Yeah, so, um, Dad, I guess you can tell me as I get along which court specifically, because, I mean, at this point, there's too many to count, yeah? But, um, so, when I came to America for the, you know, asylum as a Native American, I went to Montana Sweetgrass Port of Entry as a... Uh, is American Indian. Uh, that's actually my ancestral homeland as well. Uh, Jonathan Gruwak, a uh, shout out to him, uh, was like, nope, if you try to cross, uh, we're going to arrest you and put you in prison with criminals. I was like, okay, bet. Well, you know, I was kind of tortured. Don't think I could go back, man. And he was like, well, are you afraid? I was like, yeah. So he took me, but this was after I presented my dad's research, of course. Um, I was detained in immigration detention for about seven months. Uh, they took me to Nevada, um, uh, Grump, Nevada, uh, you know, like an immigration facility that was like mixed with like marshals or whatever, like split facility, whatever. Um, while I was detained, they actually put uh, that I was a black Canadian and tried to uh, destroy all of my um, travel documents. So I came with my American Indian card, valid, long and short form original birth certificates, valid, uh, Canadian passport, valid uh, driver's license and marriage certificate, both valid. And um, they they tried to destroy all of them and said I didn't come with any uh, proper travel documents. So then they uh, hey. trafficked me as a black Canadian. I just wanted like to that. interject. 
destroying identity documents is literally written into criminal codes for human trafficking. Just keep that in mind. Yeah, because right. I mean, you're basically you're you're stranded at that point, right? It's impossible to mm -hmm. travel in between countries or escape countries if you don't have proper documentation. That's something that they right. use to hold. It's a way that the law is actually used against you, as we talk about so yes. much on this show. Yes, and then within seven days of actually being detained with them, somebody had actually notified the Canadian embassy that I was detained. So the Canadian embassy actually sent me documents to prison about uh, Canadians detained abroad. And they were like, well, if you would like to serve out the rest of your sentence in Canada, we can extradite you. Uh, and this is the process and that happens, how that happens. Please request a brand new passport and all this other stuff. And of course, when you request a brand new passport, it's either the previous one is lost, stolen or destroyed or whatever, you have to turn it back in. So if I had actually requested a new one, then the old one would have, that immigration was holding for me would have been just immediately destroyed. And that's also like a form of fraud, I think, or whatever. Um, so that happened. Uh, eventually, the uh, the consulate in California, I'd called them, uh, the Canadian consulate, and I was like, look, man, I'm a Native American being detained in immigration detention. I've been here for like seven months. Can you call uh, ICE and be like, hey, what's going on? And so uh, eventually they did that, and they sent me a letter saying that they contacted ICE and was like, why is an American Indian being held in immigration detention uh, who's a verified American Indian? And so they eventually released me. Um, I was paroled to my uncle Dennis uh, in South Carolina. Now he ended up trying to uh, pimp me out to prison mates and other people so and put me out on the street. So I ended up um, staying with someone else. And so that person that I had met uh, just casually, like, you know, on one of my daily walks or whatever, that person I had met had let me stay with him because he didn't like what was going on. And he saw it was to be a dangerous situation or whatever. Uh, he's the one who ended up actually pulling the gun on me, beating me and, you know, intoxicating me, things like that, whatever. Um, now, I report, I spoke to someone in the church about it and they called the police. Um, I had asked them to just come pick me up to help me get out of the situation. They said it was too dangerous. I was like, okay, that's fair, whatever. They called the police and, um, you know, I cooperated with the police uh, in the situation. They pressed charges. Um, but uh, when I went to the uh, court, uh, for the bail, they gave bail, whatever. But when it came down to actually the general sessions, when they had made the hearing, they decided to push it into the family court and actually cancel the general sessions hearing. And they at the at the bail, they actually gave him a hundred thousand dollar bail. And then they said that he was a danger to the community, a flight risk, whatever. They kept him in jail on paper and released him into the public. And then they didn't give me any of the actual documents of any of the bail hearing or whatever else of what was truly going on. And then when I went to the, uh, the, the court downtown Charleston, South Carolina on 85 Broad Street, uh, the federal district court or whatever, to file under the Crime Victims' Rights Act because they had tried to push it into the family court. And I'm not married to this guy. I don't have kids with this guy. <laughs> um, and I, I try to file under the Crime Victims' Rights Act. The court itself called DHS to remove me. Um, from the court. And I, t I gave them my American Indian card and told them I had to call the police from the federal landline and let them know that um, DHS was trying to traffic me. Uh, go ahead, Dad. Um, I think he wants to speak. Yeah, they, they also uh, tried to have like five armed men, uh, the sheriffs or whatever, come in there and try to like intimidate or coerce or prevent her from presenting the documents, which contained the engineering report.
which is the reason why she was arrested. She had to call yeah. the police multiple times. Every yeah. judge in that court has those documents, including the chief judge. And they had five days by law to deal with it. It's been four months. And the guy who, who pulled the gun on me, his father's an electrical engineer, and he's, an, he's a, an electrician as well. And they're fully aware of my situation. And when um, the police were called on the guy, the guy's father, Trench Brunson, so Jalen Frazier is the guy, and then Trench Brunson is his father, the electrical engineer. He called my family in Canada and threatened my life to my family and threatened my family's life as well. After my dad even told, reiterated the, um, the treason reports and you know the bioweapon stuff or whatever, engineer stuff right um and uh they didn't do anything about it even though it was criminal intimidation of a witness they had opened a file can i ask a quick question yes sir was there any rationale behind why they moved it to a family court if there was no relationship or marriage or anything like that with this gentleman so there was like we had a a relationship because I was okay. living with him. We had a relationship, but we were not like married. We didn't have any kids. And so they called it like it was, a, I guess, a domestic dispute. But he pulled a firearm on me. I mean, like it, it's a criminal offense. So they tried to completely move it the from court, the-, the court did it because that is the modus operandi for concealing information. Yes, they tried to block off all the information. That makes sense. Yeah, I think that's actually it. So they actually didn't even let me present my evidence. So uh, I went into court. The officer who was there, one of the officers who was there to report um, the crime that night, he came in and spoke against me in the family court in favor of the guy he swore a statement and affidavit in court against. So I, these are documents I didn't get until um, I filed. I went to the FBI to make complaints. So I... Um, that officer, he had submitted a document to court saying it is evident that she is a victim of a crime based on all of the things that we've seen on the scene and what she you know, stated in the arrest, whatever. And then later he came into the family court, spoke against me in the other guy's favor, wouldn't let me speak my witness statement or show my evidence against Trench Brunson, the electrical engineer who threatened my life to my father in Canada and my family, and then had the father come in later during the hearing and speak against me. And it was supposed to be a 15 minute hearing, but they dragged it out for three hours. I guess they tried to violate me and failed. And um, then after that, they were like, we're going to push it forward, uh, push it to another hearing, whatever. And then um, they just decided that they weren't going to give anything. I wasn't able to present anything. And it just it was what it was. Um, So I went to the FBI because um, I, you know, they called DHS on me and I was like, "Okay, well, now you guys are just being extra. My dad was like, go to the FBI. I was like, okay. I went to them. I told them what happened. The FBI put me in their victim services because of what DHS did to me. So they actually investigated my American Indian status. They were like, okay, we have it confirmed. You are an American Indian. We're going to put you in our victim services and make sure that you get the support that you need and like get the help or whatever. We're going to investigate. I said, okay, sure, whatever. Um, didn't do anything. It's that, that's been like, it's been so many months. And then they told me that I have to go to Austin, Texas to complete. So they actually told me that I have to go to there. That's actually one of the main reasons I went to Austin, Texas, uh, where Robert Cannon was, because he had filed treason as a second witness um, in that jurisdiction. They said, we can't continue the complaint here. It has to go over there. So go do it over there. So then all the information I said, okay, whatever, fine. Um, So, and they did say that, you know, due to my safety, they acknowledged it was a huge safety risk for me to stay in South Carolina in general. I said, all right, makes sense. So I went over there. Um, first thing getting there, uh, you know, I'm, I'm assaulted by Robert. 
uh, you know, Robert Cannon. And um, so what, regardless, I continued doing, I'm like, I, I got to go to the FBI to do this stuff for my dad. I end up going to the FBI in um, Austin, Texas and giving them the information to a guy named Blake Crow, apparently. And um, he was like, I'm probably just going to give this to someone and never look at it ever again. I was like, all right, buddy, whatever you want to do, man. Um, and they, no one ever did anything about it. So finally, I did end up, uh, Robert Cannon actually did report to the authorities in uh, Austin, Texas in and San Antonio that I was being trafficked. And, you know, we have agency assist things that were opened up and he filed all this evidence or whatever. Um but they didn't do anything about the assaults that he did to me. So like in none of the jurisdictions in, in uh, Austin and then in South Carolina, they all were like, well, it's South Carolina's fault. And then South Carolina was like, well, it's the FBI's fault and DHS because you're in the federal custody. And so they're all just kind of doing this. And so that no one has to deal with it. Dad, go ahead. I think you said you had something to say. And Lisa has something to add too, I believe. Yeah. So there, there I filed torture complaints again here in Canada. Um, for Keisha, as well as myself and my youngest daughter, for what happened on July 23rd, in addition to the torture complaints that they had previously. Um, and the law enforcement that I was working with, because I've been working with some of them for the, about the past year or so, that were taking my evidence and so forth. Um, and then there was human trafficking complaints initiated in Canada as well in two different jurisdictions. They requested information and for sexual assault they requested a statement and none of the jurisdictions in the united states have provided that information on the highest priority cases and they cannot move them forward because they refuse to give the information now they're allowing these kinds of crimes to go by because of this this is absolutely disgusting like what how is it that like someone can be assaulted raped and all of these things, and they just let this go? Like, what the hell is going on? Like, where is where's the law and order? This is what I understand. And I told them, I said, and, and they, because of what they did to unlawfully bar me from going to the United States, because they chart, tortured me and took it, tried to destroy my Canadian passport while they were torturing you know, at the, me. At the, at the end of the day, if people don't, you know, and, and Dale, Keisha, you know, I applaud you, like, God bless you, because the strength that you guys have shown in, in the time that I've known you is greater than the strength I've ever seen in my life. And, the, you know, the poise and the class and the way you conduct yourselves is, I mean, it's nothing short of admirable. Um, people need to just wake up. Like, if, 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 what because they like Biden or because they like some politician or they like this person that they don't even know? Well, Families Andrew, are I... being ripped apart. People are being butchered. Children are being slaughtered in the streets, and half the world is on fire. Well, it's and it's the global like, corporatist oligarchy's platform, Andrew. Like that's that's exactly what the platform is. It's, it's as we say, it's an indoctrination, incorporation, and death. That's that's, that's their slogan. It's been they happening get... for over thirty years in the oh, no, I... family court. The medical, the 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 uh, abduction through medical means. I mean, it literally, yeah. it was medical kidnapping. There's nothing uh, sacred. There's nothing sacred no. anymore to these people. That's well, what's, this, that's, this is what that's the problem. Totally, 
godless society. Well, true. That's, I mean, yeah. point blank. This is what happens when people, and I'm not talking about my God. You know, I'm, I'm a Christian. But this is what happens when people throw away all faith. I mean, do, do Muslims agree with any of this? No. Do Christians? No. Catholics? No. Hindus? No. Jews? No. Not, atheists don't believe in this. Truly. So what is this cult? It's I mean, a, if, if anyone, if anyone can provide me an answer, I would, I would love to hear from any aspect, any member of this complete, disgusting, vile, filthy cult. I would love to hear what they have to say for themselves, because I can't find a single human being out there that agrees with them. Mostly, I'll tell you what, mostly the lawyers and judges. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to agree. Yeah, uh, no, I'm, uh, I'm totally serious. That I'm not joking, okay? This is going on. The root of it is because of the establishment um, allows, it, it helps conceal, it aids and abets this type of heinous criminality day in, day yeah. out. Right. Um, mostly the, the, the biggest problem with this actually is the fact that they prevented the corporation from doing an essential service because by trafficking me and forcing me into the immigration system, I wasn't able to actually help anybody in America with uh, my dad's research. So they gave me a C-18 visa, which is the most restrictive visa you can give an immigrant. It's pretty much like what you give to your worst rapist, pedophiles, and killers that need to just work until they can get enough money to get a ticket to leave the country. And so you have to be under the constant supervision of an American citizen or something. You're pretty much sponsored um, until you can leave. Uh, and that prevented me from being able to actually go forward and uh, help my father with conducting essential service. But uh, I think we should let Lisa say her, her time now. Thank you, Chris, uh, for reminding us too. And Lisa, before you go, I wanted to say I love your mug. It's gigantic. That's the kind of coffee mug I needs. Can you? Yes. Yes. Thank you. Okay. But you, uh, so Lisa, I take you had plenty of experiences um, engaging with like this cult-like behavior in your profession, uh, correct? And is that what's kind of spurred you to want to write and, you know, create a sub stack that you have now and sort of get into podcasting and things like, oh, tell us your origin story here, if you don't mind. Well, honestly, I just uh, knew something was wrong early in 2020 and um, started digging. And um, I uh, had uh, stepped away from nursing for a bit and um, was ready to go back and volunteer if I needed to, but I'm not willing to hurt people. So um, I spent my time. Well, I'm just, I'm just not going to do it. What I signed up for. Well, good on but, you, uh, seriously. Yeah, Lisa. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Thanks. we all applaud that. Thanks. It's it's uh it's been it's been sad to to not be caring for people. Yeah, but um, yeah, I I've just fallen into dumpster fire after dumpster fire of information, and um, I had noticed that um. You know, stuff was disappearing off the internet and things weren't making sense anymore and definitions were being changed. And um, it was really hard to to find the answers 
And so um, do my own research and um, I've lost count of how many others um, I decided to do something that I haven't seen anybody else do, which is compile it all together to where people don't have to dig. It'll just all be together. But uh, yeah, I couldn't really figure out why. And then I met Dale and Keisha. And so, yeah, we're just kind of here, but. Um, what, what, Lisa's, what Lisa's very politely stating, um, <laughs> because I think she's a little bit too polite right now. What she's politely saying is, and I've read everything that she's presented. Uh, well, not everything. She she's read too many papers for me to read. Um, but she she has probably, I don't know, several thousand documents in a complete sequence and timeline of patents, of DOD, of military, of of the actual dual plasmid co-expression systems that they use to build COVID. Oh, yes. The fact wow. that it's, it's completely synthetic. I mean, dude, she has... It's a library. It's a library. Every day that I speak to Lisa, which has been uh, many days now, it gets worse. It just gets worse. You know, Lisa showed me a paper of the, the very first thing she ever showed me. She said, Andrew, this is so wrong. Read this. And I read it, and it was a dual plasmid co-expression system that they used to transfect plasmids, transform E. coli, they used H5N1, SARS-CoV-1, 2, 3, HIV, reverse transcriptase, protein A, mutase, T scaffolding. I mean, high affinity binding sites. Is this the DARPA, were, the DARPA stuff? No, she got, no, this is independent research. Oh, okay. Dude, I mean, this was, she has smoking gun after smoking gun after, and this was, I thought that was horrible because they created a synthetic virus that can self-scaffold. And I thought that was bad. Well, who is who is oh, developing this, couple, Andrew? I'm sorry. Huh? Who who is developing this, Andrew? I think that's what Chris was getting at. Who who is developing all this? Because DARPA and Moderna had a thing going too. Yes. Oh, I mean, Lisa, Lisa, you can hop in at this point. You're you have the um, mind. Well, the main the main players that keep popping up are uh, Eco Health Alliance, Ralph Barrick at the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill. Um, did I say Wuhan Institute of Virology already? No. Okay. No, but um, that fits. Yeah. yeah. And our government, the DOD, the NIH, the AID, um, Bill Gates, Rockefellers, um, all the pharmaceutical companies, uh, the WHO, the CDC. Um, Everybody. Uh, Everybody, basically, right? Yeah, uh -huh. it's, it's a shit. Well, I, yeah. I, we can appreciate I mean, it, that. Um, it truly is, and and looking at the uh, the DARPA proposal that Eco Health Alliance, in partner with Ralph Barrick and mm -hmm. Wuhan, uh, presented to DARPA, uh, it's. But I mean, I've traced. I've traced. You know, they. Everybody is focused on gain of function, and you know, Anthony's like Anthony Fauci's like, oh, you can't really define that. Well, yeah, you can. Um, it goes by several different names, like serial passage, directed evolution, yep. um, um, can, PPP. Can you, oh, Dale, go ahead. Yeah. Can you, the, okay, when I first started working with Lisa, she gave me this 14 page document that, mm -hmm. I mean, absolutely blew my mind. Can you please, uh, yeah, if you want to do a screen share or if you'd rather just drop a link in the brave chat. Um, or Dale, if you have that handy, if you I'll want to see drop if I can, link. I see if I can bring it up. Yeah. Yeah, 
gotcha. I'm not gonna lie. I was I was I have never done this, so I was totally unprepared. No problem. I'm sorry. No, no, no problem. <laughs> um, no. We just we, we we do the research live here at TMP, so we'll yeah. pull it up. This we'll is like it. I've never been involved with saving the world before. Oh. Like on a mass scale. So I'm I mean I'm just by about well, sixty five binders. They're they're all around me. So yeah, yeah, so I'm looking around going, Where is that? <laughs> but um yeah, it's it's um you know, there the 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 Moderna vaccine was patented in two thousand fifteen. Um oh, Dale's sharing have, here. There we go. Okay, so yeah, that document it's it's a seventeen page document that I had and I really didn't know what I had until I met Dale and he was talking one day and I was like I'll be right back, guys. No okay. problem, Andrew. Can you mute when you step away, Andrew? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, guys. My apologies. Sorry, right, man. Thank you. But Dale had said something. You know, we were talking and it was kind of ringing some bells. And I was like, I feel like I know something. So I put my finger on it. I started looking and I came across this 17 page document. And it was written in 2014 by a doctor. Um, and I can't, I can't read right now. Uh, but uh, or I can read, but I can't see the, the words on the screen. But um, it was basically um, a write-up for the uh, we biologic weapon, you know, control and non-proliferation. And it's a uh, it's a history of lab leaks from the '60s until 2014. Um, and in there. I think probably about page eight. Is that right? I can't really see that. Um, oh, that's they talk about, that's page eight. They talk about, thank you. They talk about the first SARS. And um, the first SARS, you know, in China alone, there has been six different lab leaks of a virus, uh, just the SARS. And, um, you know, they've been, they've been, they've been making these, for put it simply, you know, like chimeras, like think head of a head of a horse and body of a turtle. Yes. You know, they've been creating Frankenstein viruses, and they have been uh, manipulating them and mutating them and doing things to make them not only more transmissible but also more virulent or damaging. And um, and just the, I just wanted you to touch on this because on the screen there it says that it says that SARS was not natural. Mm. So you want to go on? Well, I also, bit. yeah, um, one of my favorite um, references is the Black Vault. It's, um, it's got about, it's got over 3 million pages of documents that were obtained through FOIA. And um, there's one particular article in there. Uh, or a paper in there that's multi-chaptered and I believe it's from 2010 and um, I mean it, it they talk in there about people making from scratch um, smallpox polio and Anthrax. or the, 19, the 1918 yeah. flu polio and SARS and then one of the references in there is a paper written by Ralph Barrett and it's very, it's very telling. He tells a lot on himself, but there's a chart in there, you know, that has um, all the different pathogens through history, you know, whether they have occurred naturally or whether they're found in nature. 
or whether they're found in the lab. And SARS is not found in nature. So apparently, you know, before 2000 to 2003, when the first one came out, um, there, were, there weren't human cases of it. And then after that, until 2019, there weren't human cases of that. But well, know, that's what I was going to ask uh, the, the whole panel whenever. Well, I'll wait till Andrew gets back too. But that was one of the theories I was going to propose that sort of I went over last night on our stream with Jason Barker and Chris Graves. Uh, but continue. Sorry, Lisa. Oh, just, no, I just wanted to interject here quickly um, just so that I can get this off the screen and then I'll let Lisa continue. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to show where they had it highlighted there that they had the, the outbreak of, in Taiwan as well. And they were talking about that there's uh, possibilities of outbreaks that they knew this in, in, in 2003 during the SARS outbreak mm -hmm. and so forth. So they had all of this information. This paper was written in um, in 2014. And quickly, Dale, um, can you do me a favor and email me that document that you just set up? Because I'll add it to the TMP document vault for this episode. So well, yeah, people can absolutely. go on Subscribestar and download that document if they want and take a look at it. Yes, absolutely. And um, some very interesting... Yeah, absolutely. We're going to put it in the vault. Yeah. <laughs> but some, some very interesting findings also do with um the fact that they knew they knew back then that it was transmittable or transmissible by aerosol because you know i i don't know it's like everybody was hung up on droplets droplet 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 wear a mask mask will stop a droplet you know and it's like but what about aerosol no oh, no no and um but i mean they've known they've known they've known for decades and um um i found I have another document that actually was kind of a, a government review of SARS-2. And it's, I mean, though, or SARS-1, sorry, that it's astonishing that the words, the wording, like social distancing and, um, you know, just, just the way, just the framework of it is identical to, to this. You know, like everybody's like, oh, we've never... You know, this is novel, this is new, blah, 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 blah. We must do this, we must do that. But it's it's just, it's a repeat over and over. You know what would be helpful years. is from that report, doing a um, diagram showing the industrial complex nature of it. Oh, yeah. I'm actually, um, Dale hooked me up. It's really just been a few days um, with, uh, I call it mind map. What's it called? Mind map. Yeah, it's a mind map. Yeah, so I'm I'm creating a timeline. I mean, I've actually I've got gain of function or you know diddling with viruses uh, papers from back in 1953. Is so that a, like an app? Mind map. It, yes. It, well, it's it's a program mm -hmm. that, um, that Dale that Dale has and has been gracious enough to share. So. Um, I decided to start in 1983 to 2023 because uh, Fauci came on the scene in 84. And, um, you know, the whole big thing with uh, the HIV and the AIDS and then everything from there. And um, 
I'm yeah. sitting here going, I don't, I don't know if I should say a whole lot because I don't have the papers right in front of me to pop up for you. Oh, you don't have um, to have them on demand. It's always helpful though if, if people have access to anything like that that uh, if you could share and feel free to uh, email me some of those documents if you like, and okay. I can add them to the vault oh, yeah. as well. Absolutely, yeah, so. absolutely. We can do a follow up too. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, there's there's a Japanese scientist that um, um, did some stuff with a couple of the flu viruses that have uh, caused us a lot of problem and. Like I said, they people have re resurrected the 1918 Spanish flu, um, and it has only like a three percent difference from the original strain. And I mean, this stuff is out of control. It's absolutely out of control. And um, you know, like um, I started looking, um, like just in America, there's more than 200. BSL three and BSL four laboratories did not know that. Did not know that till um, a couple of days ago. I think most of America was unaware of how many laboratories like that existed. And that, yeah, um... and and so that that's USA Today. USA did USA Today did a whole big series on um, like bio labs in your backyard and um, the release of FOIA documents. That they that they had gotten that really revealed. A Victoria lot. Newland even had to come out and to and admit to them in Ukraine, mm -hmm. you know? and she was part oh, of the yeah. whole setup in 2014 with Lindsey Graham and mm -hmm. John McCain and all those other creeps. Yep. You know, early yep. on, and that's why we're we're facing potential nuclear war right now too. And they over got hiding 11, this garbage. They got 1142 or 24 in Taiwan biolabs. That's why I call it the global corporatist oligarchy, because it's a collection of, of all these powerful people. It doesn't matter if it's Trudeau or Biden. It doesn't matter if it's the leaders of South Korea or Taiwan and other places. Like you're, you're not seeing proper representation in any of these countries. You know, oh, we yeah, were talked no. about how, how the representation in Israel forced vaccinations upon their population so much that they're now referred to as the, what, the, the laboratory of the world. That's a love. Yeah. That's a lovely moniker to carry, right? As a nation, put that on a flag. Yeah, it's so, it, it, it's so disgusting because I, I don't know how any people could even think for a second that that it is appropriate to force one thing on an entire population on a planet. That is that is not appropriate. You know, I, the people that know me have heard me say before. You know, I try to drive that point home with, you know, there's there's nothing nothing no food no clothing no no medicine there's nothing that is appropriate for every single person oh and you have they're no individual rights you have no individual rights if they can force that on you that that's that's oh, yeah. that's why it's but, the I mean, it's, to die on yeah and it's harmful it's harmful yeah but dale you had something to interject yeah so i i just wanted to kind of uh tie into what lisa was saying and sort of that is kind of where we're at right now because with when I came across the research that Lisa had, my head exploded and, you know, she began to tell me this stuff. I was like, okay, I have the gun, here's the bullets. And then Dr. Shiv Schiff came in and was just like, well, yes, added, confirmed what Lisa was saying and, you know, began to explain some other areas. And so they were basically you know, explaining to me the medical language 
of what was going on. And then when, you know, Keisha is just like the demonstration of what happened when anybody tried to present this research, she's completely innocent and just gets punished. And then, then when we started working with Dr. Marcus, he brought in the excess desk that explained what they were doing. And then the engineering is, this is how this was accomplished because the vaccination can be delivered from what the doctors say, and they'll confirm this. I'm just going to say this to just bring the point is that it can be delivered both by aerosols and by injection. So now you have the distribution of a biological weapon, and we, we've demonstrated, they've demonstrated with all their research that they're doing this bioweapons program, they've unleashed it, and the engineering is how they, how they began to distribute phase one Stage wasn't a multi-stage weapon. This is disgusting and criminal, which makes sense as to why they did what they did to Keisha wherever she tried to to present this information. One of these guys want to chime in. Well, Lisa. and Lisa, you had uh, something to interject, I believe. Oh, I just, I just. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes. Oh, okay, I couldn't tell if I hit. hit it. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say it's 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 become where whenever I find something. I'm as equally excited as mortified. And then when I tell them, oh my gosh, you guys, you're never going to guess what I found. They all kind of go. <laughs> yeah, sometimes so, you do have to hold your head. Or bad. Right? Yeah, I don't yeah. know if it's good or bad. I don't know how many times I've done that and, and how many times that I've probably done that to John Henry when I send him stuff and be like, dude, tonight's show is going to be way wilder than I originally thought it was going to be. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Like just coming up with new stuff, doing research like this, meeting great new people like yourselves. And uh, Andrew, you had something to interject. Or who went first? Yeah, so, Was it Dale or Andrew? I don't, I don't know. Whoever wants to jump in. All right. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah. So, um, you know, as, as, as Lisa continues to, you know, dig forward and dig into new, new research and FOIA and all of those things, she, uh, you know, she sent me she sent me a paper that was on prion like particles and for, for everybody listening that's like quartzfield Jacob syndrome and and uh you know uh spongiform and encephalopathy and and so forth but um you know she she sent me a research paper that that directly stated within the research that they actually integrated that into into the genome of um this viral particle that they created and um, when, and I immediately looked at it and was like, well, I mean, I find that interesting because there's a lot of kind of psychopathy going on. And that's exactly what, you know, Kreutzfeldt-Jakob syndrome causes. It causes like a nine, a nine month to a one year long um, dose dependent, um, you know, psycho, um, psychoneurological decline and eventual, you know, death. And, you know, if you're, if, if they're, Lightly dosing that in, in vaccines, it actually makes perfect sense, you know. And I, you know, this—they said they did it in the research. I don't know if that's actually within the vaccines or anything like that. But um, you know, theoretically, if it was in the vaccines, and once again, they'll probably say I'm a conspiracy theorist. But um, if that actually wasn't the vaccines, that would actually explain a whole lot about you know the. Oh, you know, yes, it would. The, Oh yes, yeah, the, the, the psychological Sorry. manifestations of what we're seeing in society, kind of nationwide. I mean, people are doing really, really random things. I mean, the random acts of violence in New York are, are I mean, staggering. 
um, and just for no reason, it's purposeless crime. And I, you know, we've never we've never really seen that that level of purposeless violence before. I mean, you know, there is every single day on the New York news if you're if you're watching it. Um, God bless your soul if you're watching it. Um, yeah. But you know, every day it's like, oh, you know, twenty two year old man plunges knife into 65 year old man's back while eating mcdonald's and walks out cash free bail next day and it's like it, it actually like how many failures are, are there at that level like you know when i was young when i was young i mean if you got caught doing anything you know you, you your parents got called and you got yelled at and you know you, you might go to jail for anything um and then you know nowadays you, you can just stab somebody rape somebody murder somebody and then be out i mean that's like once again the, the it's the upside down i mean i did there's no there's no sense to be made how many previously known to the fbi thanks lisa um yeah that's that's the meme isn't it uh and and lisa ulrich you had uh, something to say and then we'll get to keisha and then chris i'm going to pull up all the articles you've been contributing thank you brother Oh, there's another one. Oh, Lisa, I think you're muted. There you go. Oh, up. Oh, you're you're okay. good. You're good now. Am I good? Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. There's there. I've uh, there's been a lot of uh, neurodegeneration in people. Um, we've been talking to some people that are getting a bird's eye view of um, like the accelerated dementia, Alzheimer's, and uh, Lewy body dementia, which has like the Parkinson's syndrome as well as uh, dementia and kind of started looking at it and then looking at the uh, looking at the the building blocks of the um, the spike protein it seems there may be a prion like addition in there but then I've also come across uh, some research that says RNA um, they've been They've been designed to behave like prions and prions, you know, like you think like mad cow disease yeah. is about the only thing that I can really associate that with that a lot of people might really understand. Um, and so, I mean, the whole thing, the whole thing, you know, it's, it's very hard. I, I usually sound like an may idiot trying to. No, may I interject mm -hmm. real quick? Cause I, I do Absolutely. have a listener that uh, gave me some information on, a link between CNS and prion disease and COVID-19. Mm -hmm. um, and he uh, was explaining that he heard a doctor mention that COVID-19 is a prion backbone with HIV and coronavirus insertions attached to its surface. Mm -hmm. And he also says that a bit of Googling makes it clear that the virus uh, readily infects CNS tissues and is increasingly being linked to acceleration or emergence of brain wasting diseases, mm -hmm. even in Graphene. young, even in young people and, and yes. healthy populations. Yes. Um, I mean, it's, it's body wide destruction. Um, I've been reading some, uh, studies done, uh, you know, com compilations from around the world of postmortem. And I mean, they're finding necrotic kidneys. Um, they're finding just massive, just massive, inflammation and swelling very heavy heavy lungs because they're so uh they're so swollen and um and then of course they have normal stuff in the brain and, and everything and it's just uh, well the stuff with the brain is like he's saying that it's like 
tics that people develop, memory deficits, reasoning disabilities. You know, that's a big one. If you want to mind control a population, just saying. Yeah. And probably moral degradation too. Yeah. It's yeah. as seen in dementia-like conditions. And yeah, that would lead them uh, into what, Lisa? That would march people into the jaws of what? The yeah. family courts again. The family courts again. Because what happens to you when you get dementia? Oh, it's that for 30 years, that's been the leading uh, basis for putting people under... Uh, Guardianships making them wards of the state. Yeah. And I'm sorry, Keisha, did you want to interject something? And then we'll let uh, the other gentleman go. You've been waiting for a minute. I was kind of going to touch base on kind of like what uh, Dr. Zivjet said about um, uh, prison, pretty much um, how, the, how they work with releasing like criminals and stuff. Like, so when I was in the detention center, um, most of the people who actually were in there for a long time were actually Christians. Like I, the longest person I knew in there was there for like four years. Um, now, but when people who came in fresh from like committing crimes, like bad crimes, I mean, like one girl came in and she had robbed a bank at gunpoint with her boyfriend and she was on bail the next day she got out. The judge was like, I think you just had a rough stint and you know, like your boyfriend forced you to do it. So you're good. You can go. And we were all like, wait a minute. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, what? Like, I literally worked for the government. I'm a Native American. And uh, I have no criminal history in any country in the world. Uh, and I can't go out on the street. Like, do I need to rob a bank to get on the street? So, like, I think there's a lot going on, like, within that system. Not just, like, the regular courts, just, like, releasing people. Like, a lot of the immigration facilities I was sent to criminals were being let out on the street but the people who weren't were just being forced to stay inside it was so strange <clears throat> what do you gentlemen want to uh, chime in with what you had to say too um yeah so you know just navigating back to the prion really quick you know there's there's graphene involved as well and you know graphene is a nanoparticle you know, synthetic, and it it alters the solubility of particulates uh, in terms of crossing blood-brain barrier. And if, if you look at the blood-brain barrier, it's a very tight-knit barrier. I'm physically with lipid profiles and aqueous profiles, and you know, a lot of a lot of very difficult passages to get through. But can I ask you, know, you a question research, real quick, Andrew? Because we have a question sure. from the chat. It's actually from a, yeah. a medical professional that has a bit of knowledge in this. Uh, she asks, really? um, "How is there a prion backbone potentially?" Uh, because a prion, she says, is a misfolded protein. Is the spike protein genome similar somehow? So from my understanding of this, um, it's it's actually like prion is causing a misfolding of a protein or, or something similar. They're creating like an RNA backbone that can like instigate the, the, un, or the misfolding of a protein such that it can cross the blood-brain barrier. And utilizing graphene and nanotechnology, you can kind of synthetically create a little bit of, you know, a little bit of a, a better substance or a better substrate to do something like that, um, which is scary in and of itself. Um, but remember with that, with that backbone, what they've done is they've transfected these things into E. coli with HIV reverse transcriptase. Which means if you use a reverse transcriptase and you have all the scaffolding and all the tRNA profiles and everything within the genome, you can reverse transcribe it, transcribe it into the host cell, such that the host cell will just begin to express 
all of that information and you know you go from gene you know into rna to to protein and if you have all the right building blocks and the scaffolding all set in place it'll just create all the particles that it needs to self-assemble um now that makes that that makes it it very very dangerous and that is a weapon at the end of the day and you know the one of the one of the interesting things is we all knew that you know this was this was the future of warfare nobody's really been looking at like nuke i mean obviously people still study nuclear weapons but you know everybody knows is you know since world war ii we always knew that the next world war would be fought with um you know with biological weapons everybody knew that um because you can't nuke an entire nation off the off the earth that's i mean that in and of itself is insane you can't destroy everything um you know and einstein said it very very eloquently you know many many years ago you know I do not know with you know what what weapons World War Three will be fought, but World War Four will be fought with sticks and stones. And you know it was always in in the forefront of the minds that you know you, in in war games they don't want to you know wage war and just you know murk the whole planet. You know it's much easier to create a system where where people don't even know they're at war. And you know that's this is we're not in war like in the traditional sense right now, but we're by all means, we we are at war, um, you know, from within, and uh, you know it's pretty point blank. I know a lot of people don't like to look at it that way, and a lot of people kind of reject that notion, um, you know. But it's, you know, when you look at all the when you look at what's happening and you connect all the dots, it's not exactly rocket science to be able to say that this is happening. Okay, so just a uh, another question is uh, the idea is creating a misfolded protein inherently. From the chat here, it says like the spike protein genome was already predispositioned to misfold. So that kind of, uh, sure. I, I have I have a theory that I want to throw out there that I definitely want the panel to handle before we run out of time. I don't want to keep you guys too 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 long tonight. Sure. If you got other things to do, I'm sure you're you know busy uh, people. But uh, Dale, you had stuff to interject real quick, and Lisa, you wanted to say something, and I'm going to pull up the uh, the screen share just to show the audience uh, some of the articles and everything that we've pulled up too. So I'll be able to screen share with you guys. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I just wanted to just reiterate that this is a complete um, biological weapons program um, that's been going on. And uh, from start to finish, uh, these guys were dealing with, uh, there was an armored RNA um, that they were using and they were testing this experimenting with this for quite some time, which allowed um, the the virus particles, as they call them, to persist in places that they wouldn't normally be able to. They were talking with the gastrointestinal system, allowing it to live longer in HVAC systems to stay suspended in the air. This is why you're hearing about uh, the spread of disease in uh, basically in uh, poorly ventilated areas, which would allow for this type of spread to occur and being indoors, right? And then they're not pushing the UV and they're creating the conditions for the spread of the disease, knowing full well this is going on. And even the engineering um, um, guidelines are quoting things that were done by doctors. They're using doctors, medical professionals, dentists, health, public health officials to give engineering guidelines um, engineering controls during the pandemic. That is just unequivocal crime. I can't give you heart surgery, I'd kill you. 
that's just nonsense. Thank you, Dale. Um, and Lisa, you had something to uh, interject really quick. Yeah, I promise if I ever come back again, I will be prepared now that I know. No problem. Um, no problem. Oh, we're but, happy to have um, you here. Please share. Oh, thank you. There's, um, there's, when you, when you go through the research and the papers and all that stuff, you, know, you usually have to read a whole bunch of them just to find a couple that are actually uh, credible or accurate. I guess, um, but um, with the with the prion thing, um, there's like a prion-like addition to the spike protein somehow. Um, but there's been a lot of reports of like, and this is a tongue twister for me, so I'm sorry, amyloidosis and prion disease, and and so basically uh, the amyloidosis is like. It's caused by massive, massive inflammation and uh, is induced by cytokines. So, um, so we've heard of cytokine storms, cytokine storms. Uh, yes. And, and with, with the COVID, what it did, you know, they, they squashed a lot of treatments that would actually keep uh, massive inflammation and overreaction of the immune system under control. They were not allowed to be used. And so, with this massive inflammation, um, that makes everything easier to get through. Um, and, and so, uh, they actually, and they're going to have to, oh, I have some stuff to send you, but, um, well, it makes sense because but, of what inflammation can do to cells. <laughs> well, that, and it, it opens everything up. It makes, it makes all the vessels more permeable, uh, to where, you know, like the, or more open yeah. for things to get through them. Just like vasodilation. And, and, um, and, you know, makes it easier to uh, get, get to the brain, either through the blood brain barrier or through the, the bloodstream itself. Well, that's why they utilize the polyethylene glycol, right? Because that's, that's the delivery system, the fat that squeezes it through One. this. Yeah, yeah, one of the delivery systems. And yeah. uh, Andrew, you had something to interject real quick. Yeah, so I mean, um, I actually just I, I tripped over something a little bit, but um, yeah, it's it. These are all like interesting facets, and you know, the cytokine storm ties directly back to you know the vaccines and the immune reconstitution. When when the immune system reconstitutes itself, it's going to attack everything in sight, all the disease that's been sitting there for the for the time. Um, and that's going to provide cytokine storm. And when you get cytokine storm, your body's going to produce immunoglobulins. Immunoglobulins are proteins. They're going to be in, in, produced in rapid form and massive form. And that's going to cause, you know, something like something like amyloidosis, um, not, not amyloidosis like I've studied or seen before. But then again, we've never seen anything like this before. So I would say amyloidosis-like or, or something, you know, to the same tune. Um, and then, you know, with the poly the polyethylene glycol, um, you know, maybe, you know, because polyethylene polyethylene glycol is is you know a decent agent for absorbing water um, because it draws water into it. It's basically just a salt solution that's going to pull water from different different locations. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's you know all of all of these things really you know tie together neatly. And when you know all roads lead to Rome. You know, when, when every route you take leads back to the same exact conclusion, I mean, 
know, becomes pretty simplistic. Yep, most likely the case. And um, Chris Grace, do you mind if I pull up some of the articles that you've contributed, my friend? Uh, yeah, as long as uh, everyone, no one wants to speak, because uh, yeah, I don't want to take your time away from that. No, it's it's all right, man. This is what we do. We do some live research here on the show. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull up the screen share and uh, start pulling up some of these articles. Uh, and when we do stuff like this, I attach them all to a source list that goes on our Substack. Um, Dale, Keisha, and Lisa uh, Ulrich all have Substacks, which are going to be included in that source list. So uh, what I've noticed that's really nice about what Substack does is to help promote themselves is that when I put those right at the top of my source list, they all get the nice little pop-out box, and you can sub uh, choose to subscribe to them right then and there. So make sure to subscribe to all three of them. Uh, I'm also going to include all of your uh, Twitter uh, handles, too, so people can check you guys out on Twitter because you guys do some Twitter spaces. Uh, and Keisha, how has the Twitter spaces been going? I, I missed last week's. I tried to listen to the recording of the one a little bit, and that, that was very intriguing. But uh, you've been you've been doing those Twitter Spaces pretty regularly and having some success getting some people in there listening to you, right? Yeah. So we had a Twitter Space recently, just the other night. Um, we had uh, Jennifer. We also had a um, who was actually in, in, uh, Vax injured. We also had James Bradley, who is a I think American first. Uh, Dad, you can correct me, but he's um, a politician. Um, He's been fighting against a lot of this trafficking and things going on and as well. And he's been uh, supporting us in the process. So that's pretty cool. Now, as for my uh, my um, space skills, you know, pretty new to it, quite the introvert too. So, you know, trying to get used to it. But yeah, it's been quite nice to connect with people and uh, get, well, yeah, nice and not so nice because, of course, you're connecting with people, but un un in unfortunate circumstances. But, you know, you know, it, I think we're getting able, being able to start connecting a way where we could help people. I mean, we're working as well with Dr. Mackis, um, Dr. Patrick, uh, who we'll be having a podcast with as well soon. Um, and then we also spoke to John Hoban. I mean, we're, we're connecting with a bunch of great people. Victoria White, who is um, a J6 patriot. Wonderful, yes. wonderful woman. A amazing interview with her. And, uh, you know, Andrew, I, I heard your... Uh, I heard your energy in that and hearing some of that. And we've had uh, Victoria White here on our show. And uh, we've worked closely with our friend Gary McBride, who was on the show last night with us. Uh, he did a surprise uh, J6 update for us from the D.C. vigil um, right outside of the D.C. jail. Um, he is with uh, Mickey Whithoff, who is Ashley Babbitt's mother. Um, he had um, Nicole uh, Refit, Guy Refit's uh wife uh guy refit is one of the j6 prisoners uh and we were able to experience a beautiful moment together on the show last night uh with them singing the national anthem and the prisoners flicking their lights to show that the they showed their you know they received the support on the inside of what they're what they're going through so it was a very emotional moment uh john henry and i have had a lot of really touching and emotional moments Probably one of the other more emotional moments that I've had on this show uh, was Dale uh, reading the letter that he had written to Karis. Um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna admit there's a couple times I balled up on this show. Definitely balled a little bit on that show, brother. That was such a touching moment, man. Chris Graves, you had something to say. Yeah, I just had a question for Andrew. Um, I don't know if he uh, 
wants to answer this or has an opinion on it, but are you familiar with those videos that came out in the beginning of the lockdown in 2020, the empty hospital videos, so to speak? Uh, yeah, um, I, I am all too familiar. Um, I, I worked with, I'm working with some lawyers uh, and some military personnel um, on, on those exact things. You know, they, they opened all of these facilities and they never sent anybody there. Um, you know, I've, I've worked closely with people that worked in those facilities and they said, where are they? Where are they? Where are the patients? Where are the people? Like they're just empty. Um, and you know, it's just, because that's, yeah. that's one of the links I have in the chat, actually, Six, uh, how the news stations were using the uh, footage from it, uh, Italy, yes. the overflowing hospitals. And I'll go through it. your articles like we're going through a roll, sort of, in a sec. Um, but let's let uh, Lisa interject real quick, and then we'll get to that. Yeah, I know. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to say that um, anybody who's ever worked in a hospital, whether you're a doctor or a nurse or aide or whatever, the dancing nurses and doctors, all their little TikTok videos they put out. Yeah. Um, that also was a huge red flag because uh, real nurses and doctors um, under good circumstances are lucky to even get to use the restroom or eat a bite of food during a shift. So, Let alone have these elaborate productions where they're holding like corpses and dancing down the hallway. Yes. Very enraging stuff. Yeah. Yep. And during during the pandemic, like nonetheless, yep. I mean, it's just well, and using it and using it as a, a means of coercing people into vaccination. Like one of the yep. uh, uh, debates that I saw between Jimmy Dore and a good friend of his that he has quite frequently on his show was, is that the the other gentleman took the position that I I need you to take this. I need to force you to take this because we'll run out of of space in the hospitals. We'll run out of. Uh, uh, ability to render uh, rent medical care rather because of staff or shortages of supplies. And they just, it all comes down to a utilitarian decision. And it's an oversimplified utilitarian decision too. Like, I, I mean, Andrew, being a military person, like you understand that there's utilitarian solutions that have to be applied in certain circumstances, sure. right? But, but also you understand complex systems and abstract concepts, right? So if you yeah. take a really complicated concept like this, for instance, and I'll, I'll throw this out there before we get to Chris's role, because I want to get this stuff in. Here's a theory that I came up with that I, I sort of gotten into last night on, on, on the live stream with Jason Barker and Chris Graves here. And uh, that is, is that from what I understand, that the virus itself, not being zoonotic, having no presence in nature whatsoever, having to take... God knows how many years to through evolution to figure out how to jump from animal to human and then from human to human and making all those steps rapidly, right? And then also uh, coming up with different variants of sorts. Well, we understand and through some of the research I'm sure that Lisa's done and you guys have read that they were working on a recombinant bat vaccine. And this yes. recombinant bat vaccine has to attach to something. Now, my thing is, yep. we've talked a lot about Frankenstein over the past. We're going to have to do a watch along of Frankenstein, Chris Graves. I think that that deserves yeah. that deserves it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, there's a, no coincidences, brother. You know it. But what I'm what I mean by bringing up Frankenstein is, is that you know we're all we're all believers in some shape or form on this panel. When you're when you're trying to mock creation, you're not going to hit the bullseye, right? 
you you may hit a lot of 20s like John Henry because he's freaking tall. Hard yeah. to play darts against you, my friend. It's really hard to play darts against you. But I, I digress. I was just going to say that I don't think that the medical establishment, the global corporatist oligarchy, or any of these people involved have hit the bullseye. So because it's slightly off and because you have to introduce it to people, you have to create a different sort of Lego system. For those of you that aren't familiar with Lego, there's one particular pattern, and that's why all the Legos fit together a certain way. Well, in nature, those patterns fit together just perfectly. It's almost like it's designed that way, right? Well, if you're trying to mock nature, and if you're off by just a little bit, like if you don't measure that Lego just perfectly, when you start to stack those bricks, it becomes more and more unstable. So you need to be able to apply a system to people in order to receive your faulty, your error-laden code that is never going to be as good as nature because it's not natural. So the introduction of the spike protein itself and the reason why there's a Farron cleavage site, that the reason why there's, there's so much evidence of this being pieced together is because not only was it pieced together and sent to us in code from the Wuhan lab, right? Because we, we, it never passed, at least according to what I've read, this never passed any sort of reverse postulates where we've isolated the virus in a sense where we've been able to break it down, you know, like we would under other circumstances that can be demonstrated. But when they took that code, it was merely sent from a lab, which is why it was probably a BSL-2 lab because they wouldn't have something that's just like earth ending in a BSL-2, more or less, right? Or else you'd have a lot more things like this happening. Um, now, when it comes down to it, though, they're giving us and reintroducing the spike protein in the vaccines so we can create a system to accept the bad Lego blocks that they made, all right? Yeah. Now, with, with accepting those bad Lego blocks, though, here's the kicker. How do they disperse something that isn't natural right how do you get something from a bat to all these people and all these different patterns and all these different maps that we've seen all around the world how does that occur well so, then you have a delivery system you have an aerosolized delivery system that you can place you could put it in a walmart if you wanted to right you could put it in a dentist office you could put it in the hospitals hell you could put it in all the places the only places we were allowed to go to during the lockdown. How do you get everyone into the corral to accept the new system? Okay. I'm just gonna let you guys go on that because I can rant. <laughs> um yeah, um there, you know, there's a lot to be there's a lot to unpack with a lot of things that you just said. Um, you know, one one kind of thing I'll just throw out there is everything you just said is is uh nearly I would say 100% correct, but if we want to have a discussion about evolution, that is, we're going to be sitting here for a long time. Evolution is very interesting in and of itself because evolution has to occur at a cellular level. The idea that Dar Darwin was actually completely wrong. I'm just going to go ahead and say that right now. I was going to say that's why um, it's a theory, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a there's a lot that can't actually, be demonstrated in that. It's actually incorrect because you would have to, you would have to, every cell, that replicates would have to have the same exact mutation in the same exact hox genes in the same exact way for a new beak to form. So I'm not, I'm, I mean, we could talk, I could discuss why evolution is very flawed for, for a very long time. We can also talk to, we can talk about, you know, 
transhumanism, which, you know, I think the first time I read about it was in 2011, Ray Kurzweil was creating, you know, nano red blood cells. Yes, Transcendent Man. Check out Transcendent Man if you haven't seen the documentary. I think it's really important with understanding these complex issues and who's behind them. Yeah, I'm extremely... He's also a Google fellow. Uh, No, no, you know, (laughs) no coincidences. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with all of this work. And, you know, we could go into the physics, you know, and, and the neurology, you know, and we could talk about how they're putting, you know, they use a chip, they put it into your, in your body. Remember that neurons run on electricity. Um, they started growing neurons into a chip, and then they could, with a keystroke algorithm, they could throw some electricity to the chip, hit the neuron, flex the fingers, things like that by bypass, bypassing the brain. Um, you know, they were doing this research 30 years ago. So, and, and, you know, that, that research is going to come to a huge head at this point, but you're, you're hitting the nail right on the head here. You can't, this is synthetic biology and it is inherently dangerous. Um, so I don't know, I don't know that anybody ever, you know, people should stop and think, you know, just because I can does not mean I should, because that is, you know, playing God is definitely not our role in science. It's not our role, role Isn't in that where medical it's, ethics is supposed to step in. Yeah, Lisa, yes. Lisa Ulrich, isn't yes. that where ethics is supposed to step in? Right? Yes, absolutely. Is there a Hippocratic but, Oath in your field? Well, yeah. There, there's all kinds of things, but but yeah, they have... Um, and charters of human um, rights. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they're, they're using CRISPR technology, CAS9, CAS12, CAS13. And the CRISPR is C-R-I-S-P-R. And um, basically, it's gene editing, and they have uh, DNA, RNA printers. Yeah. And the WHO owns the first 500 segments of the spike protein. Patented. Mm -hmm. Well, that's why we call them the global corporatist oligarchy around here, because, I mean, when when it comes down to commercializing things, right? Like it's because a lot of this comes out of military operations. That's Mm -hmm. how we've arrived at the what we know of the Internet, uh, social media, you know, like Facebook used to be LifeLog. We've gone over that on the show. Um, All these COINTELPRO operations Um, to think that all of this happens with technology like satellite GPS with, um, you know, a- any ability to do video and facial recognition. Why do you think that they want your thumbprint and your face on your stupid phone? Where do you think they developed that at? They developed it yeah. in, in, the, in the sandbox, literally and figuratively, of the world for the past 20 so or odd years with trillions of dollars that disappeared out of our pockets to do so. And what we get in return, we got the opium war, you know, our, our kids, if, you know, if our kids aren't being Narcaned, they're now taking trank where it rots the flesh off their freaking limbs. Manufactured empathy. Well, that yeah, too. I mean, the, the social engineering aspect of it, that, that's the part that, you know, I think that collectives and collaborations, like people like us, like that's the one, one of the greatest tools that we have is to just, is to snap people out of it, you know, somehow. And we all have our different approaches. Like some, some people will like to have a little bit more fun with it than others. Some people are a little bit more serious than others. People come from different backgrounds. I mean, just look at the collective of minds that we have on this panel, uh, including our good friend, Chris Graves, uh, who has supplied us with some of these uh, articles. Dale, can you interject real quick and I'll get to Chris's articles. 
Yeah, sure. I was just going and saying that, like, you look at the, just touching back on the WHO, um, just with what uh, you see uh, here, actually, there's a, a link which goes to uh, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, where you see that there's direct link from Dr. John Conley and what they're doing here in Alberta, the Alberta Health Services, where they're creating that, pushing the uh, critical weakness. And now you have it directly tied to the WHO, which the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is tied to um, being their biggest well, investor. Three, and Dale, if I may, that would make it an international conspiracy. That's a Lisa question. Uh, what, what charters or what treaties does that violate? If there's international conspiracy between quote unquote private organizations like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, um, you know, and I think that a lot of that private part is exactly private parts, it's garbage. Um, the, the idea that they use intellectual property, because Dale, you brought this up before, they utilize in, access to intellectual property um, as a big one, especially when it comes to academics. And it sets the bar further and further. And Andrew, I'm sure you can, uh, you've can. you been through some schooling, and so have you, Lisa Ulrich, and so have you, Lisa Blanchard. Chris Graves and I, we've, we've, we've done our, our learning in the, in the pit. <laughs> in the trenches. In the trenches. Yeah, yeah, we've done it, done it a little bit differently. But, you know, that's, that, again, going back to what I was saying before, everyone bringing a different approach. But as a Lisa question, though, like, if, if there is such a thing as an international conspiracy, what code of law would, would that fall under? Who has jurisdiction on something like that with Bill Gates working with both officials in Canada who are completely bought off by the WEF as well, like Christian Freeland? people of that you know you're not looking for optimism here are you six really i, I mean no i i just well, wanted you to go, drop that go, ultimate babe. black pill for the two words, episode two words. <laughs> operation paperclip <laughs> yeah. Yeah, people should really be thinking about what what to do in the end when we do have all these slugs you know in some kind of a court but i don't think anyone thinks that it's going to get to that so, well, and Graves, you've well, done research too that the Nuremberg trials weren't as they've been presented in history, right? Well, just ask Donald Jeffries. So, oh, yeah, yeah, we there, there we, we go. To, okay, we have to come up uh, with it, something else, I guess. You know, theater. I actually, I actually came across um, some interesting case law from a grand jury um, while I was in the detention center in the immigration in the United States, and. Uh, I think this is probably around 1919, if I'm, my memory serves me correct. But they can treat a treaty, Congress can punish a treaty in the same way as an ordinary law in the United States because it's considered the supreme law of the land. So now they have conspiracy to commit, conspiracy to altogether prevent the enforcement of the United States statute is conspiracy to commit treason by levying war against the United States. Now you can, based on grand jury's decisions, they can treat treaties, like treaties in the same way and they can pull them all here and punish them to the United, in the United States. The precedence is set in grand juries for that. So it doesn't matter. You want to I go and mess around? No, I, I hope you're pull right. I hope you're right, but the only thing that scares me is that there's been uh, grand juries attempted with the 9-11, with 9-11, and uh, they keep throwing them out. So it's like, how do we get the right judges in there? You know what I mean? Like, 
There is no oversight. For the well, Lisa, that's why we got to think of other other solutions or options. The, you know what I mean? The fish rots from the head no, down. that's man. I know, but we need solutions, not you, just. You, you have to you have to think about where we're at with jurisdictional speaking, right? You've um, from what the cases that I've dealt with, I've gone up to the Supreme Court in Canada and the United States. I literally said this is like now the tenth Supreme Court application in Canada. I have a Supreme Court application that's been sitting in the Supreme Court of the United States since December of 2021 that outlines the treason that they refused to to even put. They took the filing fee, but they won't actually file it for anything. Oh, they took the money, but they won't do the job. Yes, because yeah. at, at the end of the day, anybody who does that, it's just treason. So right. um, you're looking at the point as the only the only lawful means that they have to deal with this this is military jurisdiction because the government has been overthrown and it's been demonstrated time and time again that the judiciary is compromised and filled with traitors on both countries oh there has and been then, a coup on on our countries there has been an international coup on our countries and then that's that's not isolated to the united states folks Definitely most not countries actually working in collusion ultimately yeah. though the 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 best thing that to really have things happen is uniting the people, okay, even globally, of getting them to understand, breaking through this cognitive dissonance, getting people to be, to actually digest and understand what the hay is going on with this industrial complex that's actually global. Right, I greatest psyop of all time because all the leaders colluded together. So that should tell you about how we have all these wars going on. Are they really against each other when it comes down to it backstage? No. So what, so, so you know, what I, we I, need I, to do though is to create a parallel universe, right? When when the system is is as corrupt as it is, to really. Um, We've got to get out of their sandbox and create our own universe. All right. Well, we'll do. do we'll use that CERN thing and create another Mandela thing. All right, Lisa. Yeah, I just I have to get the dance moves down though. Um, Andrew right. or Lisa, you guys, Ed, Dale, you all had something to say. Whoever wants to go first. Yeah, I'll I'll just say that the people have to get down and use their voice. I mean, at the end of the day. Because our governments are not working for us. There's too much corruption. We know that they, they, they reported in Canada that Trudeau had a bunch of people installed, which is just outright treason, and, and they're just trying to act like this is some ethics violation. No, they overthrew the damn country, and China helped them do it, right? Just like they did in the United States. They used COVID to just basically strip away everybody's rights and, and interfere in the United States election and installed somebody who shouldn't be there. That's yeah, not the way Australia, things work. They did, it, they did it worldwide, right? Everybody changed things during COVID. And we know that it happened in lockstep. The people have to say no, because what are you going to do? Sit down and, and, and comply your way to dictatorship? Or you have your mind? Read a history book. That never worked. But we do have a voice. There are people in law enforcement, there are people that want to do their job, but they don't have the consent of the people. The Declaration of Independence is, I, I agree with it 100%.
because we all have the inalienable right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And governments were instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. If there are no just powers, the people need to take away their consent and tell them no. End of story. Yes. That we will not have tyrants ruling over us. And when they, we do that, we put their consent behind the people that will protect us. They will do it. Thank you, Dale. Well, did anyone else have anything to offer after that? But that was powerful, man. Yeah. Um, you know, Dale, Dale's right on par. I've been, I've been working very closely with Dale. And, you know, this is, this is the way it is. People need to wake up. People need to fight back. People need to stand up. It, you know, the time for sheepish silence, again, is, is over. That, that, that stuff is done. It's not, I mean, I, I say this all the time. It's not you. Stop arguing with your neighbor. Stop arguing with your family. Stop bickering about nonsense things because you stand behind some clown that's not even truly elected by you. You know, this, it gets incredibly frustrating. And, and you know, there there's going to be military intervention. There's no other way around it at this point. And we are working very heavily with, with many, many individuals in the background right now. Um, and, and you, you know, for those, for those who don't understand the military, it's a double-edged sword. It always has been. You know, when, when people say we've lost the war in Afghanistan, I'm consistently blown away by that response. The best thing you can do is make somebody think you lost a war. It's the easiest way out. You know, when, when you look at warfare, you know, there are people that do want to destroy America. Obviously, it's happening right now. Therefore, you need the military. You need people to do the right thing. But when you're talking about assets, you're talking about somebody going overseas, right? That's you're, when you talk about the Middle East, you're talking about 30 years worth of total control in the Middle East, oil, dollars, petrol, and gallons. Now, when you put that towards monetary ideas, what you're looking at is, dude, that war wasn't lost. The United States spent 10,000 lives and gained hundreds of trillions of dollars in oil and hundreds of billions of barrels. Anyone who thinks that that's a loss is lying to themselves. I mean, I, I, I don't know how else to say it. This is how they train soldiers. They're not training soldiers to go and like, you know, play in the Middle East to play war games and have fun. They're, they're, they're training people to go kill for this country. Anyone who tells you otherwise is lying. What, did people fall off the map and forget what the United States military does? Once again, I support our military. I'm an infantry veteran. I love our soldiers. But this is getting absolutely ridiculous. I hear this stuff constantly. Dude, we don't lose wars. We didn't lose World War II. We didn't lose Vietnam. We didn't lose Korea. You know, the, the funniest thing is people still think we did. No, we, we gained immense foreign assets. We are in con total control of the entire world. Anybody who doesn't think that is literally lying. Right now, we, are we have surrounded China. We have surrounded Canada. We have surrounded everybody. Like, we have the most potent military presence on the face of this earth. Like the military is fine. The world is not ending tomorrow. Like this is caving in. And there are patriots like me who have been sitting here doing the diligent work, making sense of the situation, doing the research, writing the physics. And dude, we've got it. And like people just need to stand up. That's all that needs to happen. And, you know, I once again, man, I grow wary 
you know, you know, having, having these, these conversations, because I can only have this conversation so many times. So I do appreciate everybody being here, but if, but, but if anybody here, you know, doesn't understand that we don't, we don't lose wars, like we don't, and we're not losing this war. Like I hear a lot of people saying, stand up, stand up. What are we going to do? I've been doing it. And Lisa Ulrich, you had something to say. I just want to thank you guys for having us on here. It's been really great. Um, and I mean, to tell anybody anything, you know, like, well, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Why are we fighting back? Um, for our kids and for their kids and their kids to come because they deserve a hell of a lot better than this. So, um, I mean, all this ends if everybody says no. Honestly, oh, just no, and, th and that's where I mean, us as individuals, that's where we need to understand that, uh, you know, in, in this in this life, um, that we still rely upon one another in various mm -hmm. ways. Like, uh, there's no way that I could possibly gather as much information as it's taken the time and effort and diligence, like you've mentioned, Andrew. You know, so to be able to communicate that with others, to be able to speed up that process, like we're fighting technology, which moves in exponents, right? It exponentially gets faster and stronger. And sooner or later, Andrew, as you're describing the military, as you look into things like what Graves and I grew up with, stuff like Skynet, we're pretty freaking close to that, bro. <laughs> we're, 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 pretty... we're, not, we're not close. We're there. Uh, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm even just like I thank you for blackpilling me like Lisa Belangio always does, bringing me back down to earth. As I always try to look at it like, oh, it's not too far gone yet. And then, well, you know, you know, just to just to throw this out there, just for for food of, for thought, man. My I did research. I did research ten years ago in protein biochemistry, uncovering the potential to literally stop cancer metastasis. That research was embargoed. I literally wrote the book on the Alzheimer's disease neuroimaging initiative and how they were had massive inconsistencies in their metadata profiles. Oh, I included that, that in the source list, by the way, people can buy that. Yes. You know, like like there are there are people out there, and I'm not I'm not putting myself up to make myself look big. I've done I've just done the work. Like there are people out there that have been fighting this for way for for decades, I'm, oh, yeah. I've, I've been fighting this for 10 years or eight, I would say 18 years. I mean, on the front line, man, if, like we've, we've been at war for way longer than people can imagine. Yeah. And then that's a perfect segue actually into uh, introducing you all to what my friend Chris Graves does, because he comes up with brilliant articles like this that I'm going to share with you. Uh, this one from the Mad Truther, it says, Bats, uh, gene editing, and bioweapons. Recent DARPA experiments raise concerns amid coronavirus outbreak. Uh, this is from Whitney Webb from September, oh, I'm sorry, February 1st of 2020. Yeah, uh, well, I would highly recommend people to check out the channel, The Last American Vagabond. Uh, Ryan Christian over there was a stalwart for me during all of this pandemic stuff. And he'll uh, be on Digging Chris Graves next week. Oh, I'm jealous of you, you bastard. Okay. <laughs> Say hi to him for me. Tell him I love him. Okay. Now, National File, uh, this is reminder, Fauci predicted surprise infectious disease outbreak during the Trump presidency in 2017. Yes, I have seen that video. Boy, that's disgusting to watch. Um, and then this from National File, Canadian panel recommends euthanasia option for minors without 
parental consent. Because, I mean, you can give informed consent to how old of a child at this point? I, I, disgusting. All right. Well, now they want to, uh, they want to vaccinate the pregnant, the people that are pregnant now. Well, and if, even if you're a movie star to the caliber of a Woody Harrelson, you're going to get all hell rained upon you for even bringing up such an insane notion of talking about what the fuck happened in the past couple years. Yeah. <laughs> like, like yeah. just even, and he didn't even go into like, he didn't really go all that hard. Like he just, I, re I read what he'd said and just like, he, he kind of kept it short and sweet. He didn't quite nail it. Uh, but you know, he didn't get into anything super conspiratorial or anything like that, which I would have loved. But, um, it, yeah. if, if you, if you look up the headlines though, in reaction to this stuff, the headlines immediately about all the media companies going together, every media company used the same headline against them in an immediate smear. So, was that, and was that by Box design step. as well? Cause he was allowed, he was allowed to do that a monologue and NBC wouldn't just allow him if, uh, there's something else wasn't at foot. Well, that's maybe a conspiracy theorist. Well, here's part of that conspiracy theory that uh, I would, I don't know if the rest of the panel would be familiar, but part of these tabletop experiments with what was supposed to happen after they introduced the vaccine to us was, is that how to explain to the public yep. um, and get them okay with the fact that they were experimented on, but it was okay because it was an emergency. And then you have to have the, like a soft letdown. It's like kind of like breaking up with somebody. Like you kind of mm -hmm. just, you know, there's there's an F you text. I never want to see you again, right? And then there's the, the people that are kind of nice, but you just, you're not into them anymore and you're just letting them down softly. There, I yeah. have a theory that there's plenty of influencers out there, whether they be movie stars, whether they be celebrities, alt media yep. personalities. Lisa, Lisa has uncovered the actual protocols that they were giving to people to 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 actually do the psyop like hey this is how you successfully negotiate the end of a pandemic oh yeah, yeah i don't know, i don't oh, know if i'm yeah. supposed to have it actually it, it was on it was on Oops. some random archive site so i didn't do anything wrong to get it i had so. it too yeah so i don't know if i was yeah. supposed to have it either <laughs> oh, <laughs> well. we're definitely not supposed to have it guys you also oh. know that all of those tabletop exercises that they did were deliberately done wrong. Yeah. Deliberately. Oh, yeah. So that they they could prepare people to uh, to bring in these biologists. This, like to, this is like where the malfeasance comes in, Dale, though, because they had to have known that they didn't have the real juice. Like, if you of know course, anything about... Yeah, yeah. If you know anything about what you're doing at that level, let's just grant them the the fact that they even know what the hell that they're doing. But if you if you grant them the, the that premise, right, that they these people know what they're doing, they had to have known that what they were delivering was something that was incomplete and faulty and not ready for prime time yet. But they put it out there anyways. Speaking of SNL, I don't know if you caught that one, Grace. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, yeah. And the dark winter thing. Yeah, back in two thousand one. That, you know, it was right before anthrax, too, which went away. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, the anthrax scares that we had. Uh, so moving on from Woody Harrelson, we also uh, have from the Sydney Morning Herald, this is fears that bird flu outbreak could go global. This is from 2004. So, yes, they've utilized these uh, things quite frequently. Um, also, with anything from the New York Times, folks, we just spoke of archive sites. Anything that pop ups like that pops up like this. Um, if you're using the Brave browser like I am, 
you can utilize uh, plugins or extensions, as they call them, uh, from the Google website or the Google Play Store. So one of those is the archive.today. And all I have to do is click on a button anytime somebody sends me a New York Slimes article. And this mm -hmm. is how I jump past their paywall. So now, boom, I have this whole article and now it's gonna be part of the source list. But um, this one is, there's no, way, uh, there's no way we can bury or cremate them fast enough. Bodies are being stacked yeah. in trucks and grave diggers are working around the clocks as the coronavirus crisis overwhelms New York system, burying the <laughs> Guess dead. what? I found for Donald Jeffries for his book uh, coming up on COVID called Masking the Truth. I found a whole bunch of videos where people are videotaping around New York, these refrigerator trucks that weren't even plugged in. They weren't even turned on, but they said that there were bodies in them. Oh, yeah. It's like you, you, you see the guy rip a, an amazing guitar solo, and you look down. Guitar's not plugged in, bro. Thank Something you. going on there. <laughs> All right. And this Lip one's... Uh, yeah. This one from The, the Guardian uh, Pandemic. Netflix's new series about global outbreaks is eerily timed and moved me to tears, it says. Oh, thank you, Bridget Delaney. I'm sure it moved you to tears there for all the money. That was February of uh, 2020, right? The stinking like, stinking access of, media. Like, oh, I love this so much. <laughs> kind of like yeah. the, the, Pal the East Palestine thing with that Netflix series, right? Wasn't that the same thing? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Why not? Well, yeah. Predictive yeah, programming knows? much? Netflix. Oh, and, and they then, take down the real truth, Guardian Inc. Well, well, and you guys know that Susan Rice and other people like that, other people involved in the Obama administration, all the people involved in uh, Facebook and other other yep. platforms and investments there, all with Netflix. You know, there's a reason why it's a feed, folks. You know, yep. it's, it's like a trough. It's like a trough that they made for you, a digital trough. Um, now, this is from Equus. What the hell is with pronunciations these past couple weeks? Uh, did a virus in horse manure... Oh, this is fun. Launched the 1918 influenza pandemic. Who flung poo? Well, who was it? <laughs> All right. Um, this is from Fire News. Uh, did Rockefeller create the Spanish flu pandemic of 1918? Well, that is a really good question because, well, who, who owned all the chemical companies back then? Like who, who are the robber bearing conglomerate bastard, you know, evil satanic, you know, part of the same cult who had sway with all the uh, medical institutions in terms of education and everything. Who could that so have I'll just, I'll just jump in and state it directly and irrefutably yeah. from my, you know, for me, this with it. Spanish, Spanish flu, synthetic, polio, synthetic, yep. MERS, synthetic, COVID synthetic, man, Lisa has shown me, Lisa has been a busy, I, I hope that all of you will pray for Lisa because man, the, the wool has been pulled over many of our eyes in different ways. And that's the, that was the, I think that was the plan is yep. that, Hey, let me pull this little wool over this person's eyes. And then this little wool, no one will figure it out because man, there's just too much. There are people like Lisa in this world. Mm -hmm. Lisa and myself have not gotten a lot of sleep and we've been trying to pull the wool back. Yeah, unfortunately for people, unfortunately for the global cabal, yeah, there are people like Lisa out there that are just like, you know what, I'm going to spend three fucking years and I'm just going to read. And she, she is, I mean, she's pulled a lot of, a lot of information to light that I, that I was like, what, what, what? 
and I mean, I consider myself to be pretty intelligent. I, 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 I tend to think I'm generally on top of things. And there were a lot of things she showed me that I was just like, whoa, it gets worse. It gets deeper. It gets worse. And man, it just does. I mean, I think we're going to be finding this information for years, oh, yeah. years to come. Well, I appreciate you adding that, Andrew. And then Lisa, I mean, shout out to all the Lisas on the panel. Uh, just yeah. you know, show some show some support it's, um, it seems to be a good name yeah it seems to be something in that name uh but <laughs> i gotta take a page from her book <laughs> oh, there you go. turn the page all right uh so from one evil thing to another let's see uh this is from earthnewspaper.com all the honest news fit to publish how the 1918 spanish flu pandemic was eugenicist parallels today by john o'sullivan yes or has uh, eugenicist parallels? Yes, of course, because it was all the eugenicists that would that were behind those wars. Uh, the reason why I remember from history classes in public school, uh, Graves, uh, was that and Bill Bill Gates's parents were eugenicists. Oh, absolutely too. Um, uh, they had to change the name of the eugenicist society to um, oh, what is it called? Oh well, they, well, they had to change the name of what a vaccine is. Well, <laughs> yeah. Do do it does anybody in the chat listen to chris webby uh, chris i've heard of him man he he's he talks about this man he's just like what the hell's going on it's revenge of the nerds man mark zuckerberg bill gates these yes. guys who are like you know shoved in their little in their little boxes man they're pissed they were like global domination they came close well, yeah well they were already they were positioned in there because like like uh six was saying facebook was life log so if that's the case, then what was the social network movie all about? Then? Well, and I believe that I the people to, you know, involved in those to, things were recruited to do so as well. That, 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 that is my can, theory. If you can, Six, link me to that so yep. that I can read. I want to watch your video on LifeLog because I've never oh, heard Oh, there's a bunch of LifeLog stuff. Yeah, it's creepy. Yeah, it's from back in 2001. Uh, oh, yeah. You guys are, I, you know, I thought it would, you know, every day I think it's it can't get any worse. And then I meet people like you yeah. who are like, yeah, okay. That's, you thought so. That's the greatest all apologies, effect. All apologies. That's not my intent to. I don't want to know this stuff either. <laughs> Just sort of interesting when you're bringing out about Rockefeller. During the course of my degree, one of the classes we had to do, we had to study technology and the development because they were talking about all of this uh, fourth industrial revolution. And we got to study the Rockefellers. And he was nothing but a thug was like he yeah. was a, it was organized crime he just basically began to buy some of the train yard lines in philadelphia because the trains weren't all connected and then he connected them and if you didn't um pay him the money to go on the rails then he ran you to business then he took your he took your oil and then he eventually ran all the oil in in pennsylvania then they found in texas he couldn't get control of all in texas so he became an investment banker and financed it all and run it that way. And then went into the American Medical Association and all of that stuff. So we see the just birthplace of just this criminal organization took the pharmacological, you know, he basically funded big pharma and made them very rich, created this entire cycle of, they gave you food that would kill you. They gave you doctors that would just poison you with the drugs and then the farm, the big pharma to basically fund it so they're all in legalized drug dealers yes and then the government starts spraying chemicals into god knows what 
to just continue to feed the machine. And then they go and fight wars and they make more money. They steal resources. And now they're turning us into slaves. Well, and, yeah. and Keisha, you write about that too in your Substack about this war that we're, that we're fighting. And we haven't heard from you in a little while. And I, I reminded me there when your father was speaking that, that you're doing that now and how you, how you express yourself too in a poetic way. Like there, there is like a, 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 a sort of narrative element that, that you provide in your writing and in what you say on your podcast and in telling your stories there too. Uh, go check out the earlier episodes on the Karis Project when it's just Keisha Solo telling her stories. And you can see how like somebody like that has the ability to connect with others. Uh, Chris Graves has that ability too. Chris Graves is also like an empath type person. And, and that's what... No, I'm not one of the X-Men, Serge. Not one of the X-Men, but damn close, sir. Damn close. I mean, that's 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 the fun thing about this for me, you know, and growing up with that influence in my life too, is meeting people that have ex ex extraordinary abilities. And the fact that you've, in, both of you, Dale and Keisha, the fact of what you've endured, and Andrew, you touched upon this earlier, the fact that you have endured that and you've come out of it this well, that you're able to maintain, that you're able to carry on, it's just, it's, it's very inspirational to other people. So I, you know, I, yes. Yeah. To all of us. And, and, and Keisha, do you, well, yes. Yes. No, no, I, I didn't mean that. I was being rude. Sorry. No, I was, I was going to say, Keisha, like you're, how did you arrive at the sort of the explanation that, that you get to in your writing of this war, this spiritual war? Cause I, I, I feel that a lot of us talk about that in our different shows, including our friend, Jason Barker too. Well, um, I'm sorry. I'm I'm sitting here in the corner the whole time having a stroke listening to you guys because I mean, like, like everyone says, it gets worse every day, and I'm just sitting here like, oh my god, like, so don't mind me. Um, sorry. Sorry but <laughs> no worries. Uh, with something that's necessary to hear, my my father is uh, he never minces words with me. So you know, sat me down at the beginning of this and was like, Keisha, they're killing people. We have to do something. I was like, got it. Let's go. That explains why um, you turned out so good. You know, like when you have, <laughs> when you have influence like that, and it doesn't matter where it comes from, you know, it doesn't even have to be family, but when you have influence like that, that, that teaches you to not, to not hold back, especially when it comes to your internal dialogue. And that's what I find that people that they're good at writing, people that are good at expressing themselves is that they're having an internal dialogue with themselves all day. Mine goes on constantly. You know, it's just, I'm constantly <laughs> thinking about these things. That's how I was able to piece together that whole uh, COVID acting like a Velcro and they're putting the Velcro in us too, to make it stick better. Like that, that's just me walking around my kitchen guys. <laughs> like, you know, and <laughs> yeah, I, I, for me, yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, for me, like one, one big thing that, I mean, I'm, I'm a woman, I can only speak as a woman and I'm not a professional in any right. I just ex exist to do whatever I can to help <laughs> society or whatever, in any way I can. Um, but, you know, something that I, I really noticed is an attack on the family and, and the home since I was uh, quite young. So I was in the foster care system. I was permanent ward of the crown. My father was one of two people in Canada to get me out um, and get their child back. And of course, the other one was a woman. So that says, you know, a lot about the family court system. Now, I, uh, you know, I think I was like maybe, four or something, four and a half or something when he got me back. I don't quite remember, but um, in that system, no matter how, like my dad, when, before I went in there, he was studying actually neuroscience and 
despite the fact that he was going to school to study neuroscience and he had a job and he was trying to take care of me and my mom, um, they didn't give me to my dad when this uh, custody battle ensued. Um, my mom was actually an addict and suffering with a lot of issues. And they were like, well, her or foster care. And then my mom and her mom was like, well, foster care. And then my dad was like, what? And of course they took me on his birthday. So that was worse. Um, and I saw the way that like that really hurt my dad. Um, you know, I saw how dedicated he was to making sure that the next time he had a family, it was going to be um, the way God intended it to be. And I saw him do that. Um, and despite the fact that he really was able to turn his life around uh, with everything he suffered through from what he dealt with with me, because not only did he go through it in that four years of battling for to getting me back, but he had to mitigate me and my behaviors that I learned from that foster care and the things that I was suffering with. So like I was being beaten, starved, sexually abused by multiple people in that foster care. It was like a trafficking ring. And I, you know, my poor dad had some things to deal with. Uh, and he he did. He dealt with it. He fixed it. Um, he always does. He always has the solution. Great, great guy. Um, but then I, I watched, you know, what was going on with my sister and uh, her, uh, my stepmother. And, you know, that my dad was going to school studying to do engineering. Um, he was doing great for himself. Um, he was working. He was still taking care of um, his wife and child. Um, and despite the abuse that was given from my stepmother to him and the child, they still gave the child to the mother. And, you know, I, I kind of started doing some research during this situation, uh, going back to like the 60s and the 50s of, you know, how feminism exploded during this time. Um, now, obviously, feminism kind of began like 1883, something around that time. But it exact like it exploded um, in the fifties and sixties. Went from the father knows best to all in the family in the fifties and then the sixties, when they gave the sexual revolution, all the uh, the drugs, and you know the kids were given more rights. And parents were told if you try to stop your kids from getting more rights, then we'll take them from you. And you know it was this constant like division they were trying to create. And then women were told that you don't need men, you don't need fathers, you only. You only need yourself. And in fact, if you make sure the father is out of the home, we'll actually pay you more money. We'll pay you more money to support your kid and do all the things that you want to do. And by the way, get a PhD. That'll keep you warm at night. And years later, we're coming to find out that's actually not true. Women, they've pandered to the emotions of women. And what I've noticed is that um, we completely shut fathers out of the home. It's the protection. A lot of, from the 60s when that happened, a lot of break, there was more break-ins in the home. There was more crime because kids need that structure from the fathers. They need that that more logistic, like kind of tactical way about going about things. Mothers are so nurturing. They're so loving. They're so compassionate. They really do what's best to make sure that kid's character is molded in like a very positive way. They very influence them very positively. And fathers are kind of there to like ground them sometimes and be like, hey, stop that. <laughs> People are dying. We got to do something about it. Well, you talk about um, something. Un we were talking about unnatural things before. And when the system takes a hold of you, and you correct me if I'm wrong here by saying this, but when the system takes a hold of you, it's doing unnatural things to you in the sense of behavioral psychology. Like it's, yes. it's, it's not your parent. It's not parenting. It's forcing you to do things. 
it, it's it's yes. you, it's using things against your your own free will. It breaks your th- your free will and your your independence and your and, and ultimately your spirit. Like, and I, I, I know people that have been institutionalized, you know, involuntarily and that those scars, those scars stay with them because like, there's nothing that's more violating than, than having your free will removed from you. And Lisa's seen that, you know, happen to, you know, guardianship cases, you know, she's had that happen to people in her family. Like this is, this is something when we talk about a war, it doesn't get any more personal than taking your children from you. And the state has yep. that power. And when it utilizes that power, you think that they put the kids in a, a safe environment. You think that every other environment that they tell us is safe while they're polluting our atmosphere right now with God knows what out of these train derailments and everything else going on in the world, the military being the number one polluter on earth. Like, we're Dale, go on. I'm sorry, man. No worries. I mean, what they were doing was human trafficking. And that's what this whole, uh, the family court system, the way it's designed is to traffic children. They seal the evidence so that you cannot do anything. They've been doing this like uh, to the American Indians in Canada. They used to put the children in hotels. They knew that they were being put into prostitution and they continue to do it. Well, and they They can be recruited into different things there when they're separated from a family. Not just children though. Oh yes, the Yes, they're doing it systematically across the board. Um, it, it's a it's a new form of slavery, is mm-hmm. really what it is, and it's disgusting. And they take away the capacity of people. You're looking in the mental health institutions. You're seeing people that are getting raped and 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 all of these things that are disgusting and. They give the judges the power of God, which is not, you can't even do that. If you look at, again, back to the Declaration of Independence, everybody has the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You're going to tell me that a judge is going to go in there and sunder a family? You've just violated that all. Yeah. Because what, right, up, what right have they? What right have they, they have at all? None. Yeah. It Thank needs you, to be abolished. Yeah. Well, I remember. And, you know, I remember one time, one time, yeah, it's exactly what I said to Judge Munks in uh, Middlesex Probate and Family Court when, when she got to play God. I thought she was playing God. Well, I guess she was. And uh, not having any medical background whatsoever and being the one to, despite not having uh, the wishes of the uh, actual victim, and against the wishes of, of uh, the person's family. And just because she was the one wearing the black robe, that was it. Ordered the, the plug pulled, that was it. And I told her, I told her right out, I said, you are not God. I told her that to her face. Well, it's an imposition, right? It's an eminence front. It's funny that my, our friends on Twitter were talking about that song earlier. That really, like the idea of like this judicial supremacy or the idea of a jurisdiction over us or a rule over us is inverted. It's wrong. It's 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 us, and it's them who shall serve us. And if they no longer serve us, then we opt out. No more. You're cut. 
<laughs> you know, and that's how, the, that's how you escape an abusive relationship, right? You know, if yeah. we're being abused by the institutions, if we're being abused by our government, it could be anybody, our, our corporations. They're all the same now. They're all the same people working for every organization. Um, you know, when, well, when you see, oh, go ahead, Andrew, I'm sorry. Well, and it, it would have been really easy just piggybacking off of what you're saying, you know, like, you know, we're, we're addressing all the, all the concerns about like how we got here and, and everything else, you know, for people, for people to move forward from this, it's going to take, it's going to take one simple thing. No, no means no. You got it. You want to butcher kids? No. You want to, you force me to vax? No. You want to take it? No. You want it? No. Like, I mean, just exponentially, no, no, fuck off. Yes. I mean, you know, at risk of sounding, you know, I, I don't like to, you know, cuss. It makes me look like, you know, it it's makes okay. me look like I'm I, I, I will real quickly. Right. Fuck off. One, of, yeah. one of my favorite lines ever is attributed to a man named Jim Cornette. Um, and it's, thank you, fuck you, bye. That's yeah, all you have I to mean, say. It's, it's, it's very simple. You know, and if people would have just, and I know I'm sitting here in this group and I'm talking to, you know, a bunch of, you know, free thinkers. And that, that's what I hear. I hear a bunch of it. I hear a bunch of, and I don't care what the background is. I don't care about the color. I don't care about what creed you come from. I hear a bunch of educated, whether it's self-educated, institution educated, I don't care. Like education is worth a dime a dozen. We've all seen goodwill hunting. We know how it ends. You know, the point is education is what you make of it. And I'm talking to a whole bunch of free thinkers collectively. And I know everybody in this group just said no, you know, but now, now we just need to pro prod our neighbors, prod our loved ones, prod our friends, say no. What are you doing? Like, and the best hey, way we can organize your, that. Do you want uh, to own your own body? Well, yes. Like, or no. And, and you know, it's, it's, you know. We do it through demonstration too, Andrew. Like we do it through absolutely. things like this. Like when we, yeah. when we have, when we have panels like this, when we have shows like this, we document this stuff for history and posterity too, you know, because if it's, oh, if it's great. not us, if it's not our generation, it's the people that come after us so that, that will be able to see what the people, what the free thinkers of this time were doing, yeah. you know, what, what was actually going on, how, how many months, if not years, like Lisa Ulrich, how many years potentially ahead of time from the curve of the mainstream media slowly rolling this stuff to us, right? Yeah. How, how far ahead is, you know, we were talking about Last American Vagabond, like two or three months ahead of the news cycle. Everybody else is just lagging because the people doing their due diligence, the people that were tipped off earlier, being people with like PhDs and other things, you know, they, they were of the, uh, the highest order to step away and say no, along with the people well, closest is, to the ground. This is the simplest, the most pure IQ test I've ever seen administered, and it was administered to the world. This is pattern recognition. The smartest people on the planet, or not the smartest, I won't say that, the most potentially intelligent people on the planet um, have high IQs, and they recognize patterns, and they see this pattern is either incorrect or I've seen this pattern before, and all, they, they, they IQ tested the whole world, and uh, they found out that you know common sense is not very common well they they did a form of like the milgram experiment to us you know yeah. if you're familiar with that yeah. or, and also the stanford prison experiment as well yes, that was exactly this stuff's been in the works for yeah. and dale you experienced well, anybody, the, anybody that studied i mean if you studied carl jung yes. man you had to see it's coming yep and and dale you experienced the prison guards like like in the stanford prison experiment you 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 were that person that was being kept from your family 
Oh, oh yes, and they they continually use the courts to try to push everything out of reach and move the goalposts. I've gotten to the point where I just straight up walk in the court, tell the judge, "You're a traitor. You have no jurisdiction over me. You cannot deal with this. You, you have no business doing so." And I don't take orders from traitors, and they can go to hell. I don't care what you say. You're going to tell me to go kill my neighbor? My Bible tells me otherwise. You can go to hell. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to let someone die. I'm not going to let someone get sick. I'm not going to let you abuse my neighbor because you want to whip my back down so you can whip everybody's back down. I think we're at the point where people need to realize this is where we have to draw the line in the sand. Because if we don't draw the line in the sand, there will be nothing left. These people will not stop. They will not quit. They have a determination that is worthy of a right, more righteous cause. And if we, the people, had half that kind of determination, a quarter of that determination, this would have never gotten this far. It is time for Facts. people to wake up. It's time for the, the men that you see running around like they're acting like women to find their testicles and become yeah. men again. Because yeah. this, we need women to be women and men to be men. God made man and woman because we need them both. We cannot survive without men being men and women being women. And they've yeah, that's a good, that's a good message for every, for every man listening. For every man listening, dude, grow some balls. Are you kidding me? It, this is it. Like we have to realize that if we don't stop them now and say now, say no now, we will be kneeling to these tyrants for the rest of the eternity. And I don't kneel to any man. I kneel to God. Yeah, damn right. I'll die on this hill. Give me liberty or give me death. Yeah. And on that note, I was thinking earlier of uh, one of the one of the best times in my life is being able to see the musician Eric Clapton with my mother. Oh yeah. And he was vaccine damaged by all of this, and can oh, no longer no. play guitar. And the song that I played today for myself as 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 I was getting ready for Cheers this interview, well. Not that one, Andrew. That's also a no, good one on, on acoustic. It's a great one, though. But uh, it is a great one. But um, the one that I, I pulled was uh, Eric Clapton with Blind Faith. And the, the title of the song is Presence of the Lord. And it has a really badass guitar solo, of course. But just to read you one part of this, because when we talk about solutions, when we talk about family, when we talk about other things, one of the solutions that we need to a bit, I believe, is faith. I, I, can't, I can't prescribe you one. You know, I would I would turn people on to some of the stuff I've been listening to, like Alan Watts, um, the band Contortionist and Cynic too. Uh, but uh, with Presence of the Lord here, it says, I have finally found a way to live just like I never could before. And I know I don't have much to give, but I can open any door. Everybody knows the secret. I said, everybody knows the score. I have finally found a way to live in the color of the lord amen the fact that this shot could have taken another experience that i could have had with my mother to see him play is enough to make this personal enough for me i don't have as much skin in the game as dale and keisha have i haven't had time on the front lines that other people have had in this i haven't had nearly the same losses but I can empathize with what everyone has shared here tonight. Thank you.
Thank you guys for being here. Can I just tell you um, one more thing? Guys? Please do, guys. Um, just because Andrew was mentioning before, uh, I had just a couple of links. You don't have to go through them or whatever, six, but I about the life log thing just to show that I'm not full of crap. Oh, that'll be all no, be on the no, source dude, list. I, would, no, I was going to say, yeah, because we're. I totally. I will read that and and listen. If we, I w- I would love to come back on this channel. I'd love to pick both of your brains, man. You know, we'll we'll sit down and have a beer. Um, yeah, I mean, I. I mean, I don't mean to sound overzealous. I get pissed off just like anybody else. Um, and I'm not the smartest guy in the room. You know, like, it's just, that's not the case. I'm just, I'm intelligent in, in certain areas. Other Do you listen to heavy metal stuff. though, Andrew? Because I saw you got some tattoos there, bro. And you look kind of jacked. I don't know if you listen to any metal. No. At the gym or oh, yeah, dude. I, I mean, I, no, I, hang on. Am I, can I, can I turn my camera around? Yeah. Hang on. How do you do this? I'm not, I'm, I'm ill-equipped. This is for all the ladies in the chat. You're like old school Metallica. That's all I need. Yes. Oh, dude. Only yes. old school. Thank you. Only kill them all. Thank you. All right. There you go. Right here. See? I don't know if you can see it or not. Yes. Thank first you. First tattoo right there. Metallica. Absolutely. One How do I turn this camera around? Actually, there you know is what? no way that Andrew is struggling this much to turn around a camera. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, look at like, the, what's going on? <laughs> that is a lumber oh, yeah. yard oh. my friend even oh man you got the fiddle too oh, and on keys yes oh man. yeah awesome. we do we do real stuff here well <laughs> and when you talk about complex systems and abstract concepts i mean look at look at johann sebastian bach like look yeah, at what dude. cliff burton brought to the world you know and introduced to uh, new generations of people like that's that's what i'm talking about like people I mean, that I'm are go with uh I'm gonna go with um, Chopin, oh, but yeah. I mean, I like Bach. I can do Bach. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Allison Chains, and I, now I'm gonna shut my mouth. No, I can go with Allen. I mean, I come to snuff the rooster. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely, a classic. Oh man. So uh, we're we're going up against three hours now. Um, I don't want to keep you guys all night, although I definitely could. <laughs> Um, because yeah, you all are should. fascinating, incredibly fun to talk to. But I just want to get everybody around on final thoughts for the evening. Uh, whoever just wants to go first, chime in there, and we'll we'll pass around the table and we'll wrap this thing up. And I'll attach all these articles, everything you guys have sent to me, everything you guys want to email me afterwards. I'll attach it all to the source list and put the rest of it that doesn't go on Substack goes in the uh, TMP document vault on on uh, Subscribestar. So. Um, yeah, I'll make it easy to find all this information, including the what we call flog, life log, you know, on that. <laughs> but um, so, but yeah, final thoughts. Who's up first? I mean, I'll I'll just go ahead and jump in. This was, you know, final thoughts. This was uh, this was an excellent group of people. I really, I thoroughly enjoyed every single person that spoke, and that's actually that's very uncommon for me. I might seem like uh, I'm an INFJ. <laughs> I might seem like an extrovert. Um, I become extroverted due to my surroundings. I'm, I'm very much a homebody, a very introverted person. Um, but I, I really loved everybody in, in this chat. It was, it was eye-opening. I learned a bunch of stuff. I got to teach a, a couple things here and there. Hopefully, you guys gained something from my, from my rants and my ravings. You know, madness and genius kind of go hand in hand. I don't think I'm either. But um, well, Nisha would, yeah, would probably was, agree. Yeah. 
it was, it was, it was excellent. Um, I, you know, I want to thank you guys for having, you know, it's people, it is people like you that are really opening, opening the fold because, you know, people have been silenced for a very long time. Not all of us are internet savvy. Um, we're savvy in our own ways about certain things, but man, I don't know how to use a sub stack or, or how to, you know, how to do a podcast and, you know, stuff like that. So, but I mean, you know I think, how our I brain think, works. So that's pretty good. But you, but you know, like, you know, every, but we're all doing our parts. We're all getting our information out there, but it, it requires people like you guys that are literally like, Hey, let me build a platform and just bring people in to speak. I mean, they, like it sounds, it sounds simple, but guess what? No one else is doing that shit. So, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, like I applaud you guys. I applaud your effort. And, um, you know, once again, I've, I've loved working with Dale, with Keisha, with Lisa, with all of the people. It sounds like everybody in that group and it was doing the same things in their own little echelon. And that's what we're doing, man. For the people listening, dude, this is grassroots. This is homegrown. We're lighting fires. This is death by a thousand paper cuts. It is over. That's you why know, we call it, it the DIY media. This is, this yeah, is they, like they, DIY hardcore to me, baby. This is yeah, like you know, nothing but grassroots, nothing but down home. And it, that's, that's where it comes from. Soul of the earth. Alternative 100%. to the alternative because the alternative seems to have been co-opted now too. Yeah. They're all. Oh yeah, man. Bricks. Well, you know, I mean, I don't know if you, well, I want to final thought. I, th those uh, are my final thoughts because <laughs> if get I into that more, yeah. else, oh, I'm yeah. going to get into Kurt Cobain and then I'm going to be lost. Oh, oh yeah. You're yeah, in luck. I'm going to, I'm going to send you some of the work of Chris Graves. I'm gonna, I have, I have your email. We're going to, we're going to send you some of the work right. of Chris Graves. Extensive work on that. On that topic. All right. But, but very, my last, my very last thought is this. Um, all glory goes to God and all shame falls on man. And people would do well to remember that. Thank you. Well, uh, Lisa, would you like to go next? Just give some final thoughts about this week. Uh, Lisa Ulrich, we'll, we'll have you go first. I was going to be like, which Lisa? Yeah. I, <laughs> it's that name. It's that name. Yeah. Yeah. You um, could start designating lawyer Lisa and nurse Lisa. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's a heck of a tag team, the Lisas. Absolutely. Well, it's, it's nice to get to see your face, Lisa. We've talked in faces before. Um, no, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's been, um, really great meeting and working with Dale and Keisha and Andrew and, you know, besides the goal of waking people up and seeing, hopefully being some small part of bringing justice to some really bad people, um, really want to, uh, be present or, you know, help facilitate when Keisha can be with her dad and her baby sister, they can all be together again. Um, so, but yeah, I appreciate you all for, for, um, for all of this. Appreciate you, Lisa. Thanks. Both Lisas. <laughs> <laughs> um, other Lisa, but I mean, we're not going to do the Highlander thing where there can be only one. Are we Grace? No. No, I'll just say my final thoughts are I'm sorry that for any any of the stuff that you guys anyone here on the panel had to go through during all this stuff. It it it's just sickening what human beings are capable of doing to other human beings. But the flip side to that is that people like yourselves are trying to do good for your fellow man and fellow woman. So that's my final thoughts. Thank you all for 
being here and hopefully we all everything gets better for everyone you know thanks thanks chris okay number one lisa (laughs) no (laughs) i'm not i'm not trying to start a feud (laughs) not trying to start a feud (laughs) it does get us ratings no i'm playing i'm playing i love you i i I know how much you adore me absolutely so uh wow i you know, I really loved this particular episode to sit back and really soak up everything. Each and every one of these panelists, uh, just just phenomenal. Uh, I'm really looking forward to many more. You know, for me, the biggest thing, I always say light is the only disinfectant. And um, every time that we do this, it, you know, really magnifies. So uh, the one thing that I always, you know, tweet about when we um, are, you know, promoting and putting forth other people's messages, it's, for me, it's hashtag synergy. This is what it's all about. So appreciate every, each and every one of you. And uh, thanks. Thank you, Lisa. Appreciate you. Dale, final thoughts for tonight, man. Oh, he muted himself. He pulled a Chris Graves. It's okay. Okay, there we go. I I think that's working now. It is. I can design a system, but I can't work enough. It's okay, man. There's strong men that can't open pickle jars because they'll break them, man. It's just, it happens. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They'll break them. Um, what else, what I'll say here is, um, you know, I've been able to, you know, come and meet up with a, a great group of people that's been help, able to help contribute on the journey. And it's been an honor working with everyone and, uh, getting this stuff out. Um, what I've been doing here, um, has been done to help every man, woman and child here on planet earth. I mean, I mean, I'm here to, to give this gift to humanity and we've been working to build um, a set of uh, information so that when the justice comes the people can get it speedily um, you know we're just asking for the support of the people um, you know support in whatever way you can spread the message um, we have a good saying go raising money for the research you know purchase research if you need uh, someone to come in and stand in for um, your court case to you know the government where to go and here's the evidence just give me a holler we're all willing to help we're here to help the people i went through all of this so that you guys did not have to um god brought me this far so that i could help the people i know that's why he put me here and i will die on this hill i will go till my last breath so that no family has to be ripped apart i'm doing this for my god my country my fellow men and for our children so let's come together, at least for our children. Thank you, Dale. And Keisha, the reason why I saved you for last is like on your show, you often make a promise to meet up with a certain someone. Can you share that? Indeed, I do. Um, I just want to say, uh, you know, just like my dad said, it's, it's for the kids. Um, if you don't draw the line in the sand of the kids, then there is no line. I want to let everybody know that we are here to help. I'm here to serve. I've been doing it the best I can. And 
if anyone needs anything, please make sure to find a way to reach out to us. But um, on the Karis project, it, I've made this for my sister, uh, for everyone going through the circumstance that she's gone through and what she's still going through. And uh, at the end of every podcast, <laughs> um, at the end of every podcast, I tell my sister, until we meet again, my friend, and we will. So until then, my friend. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, thank you, Keisha. I, I'm glad the audience got to hear that because there's nothing more real, there's nothing more personal than family. Until we meet again and until we are free, we are the new prisoners. Thank you for listening to The New Prisoners. Let us know what you think about this week's topics on our Minds page and Substack, or leave a comment under our video on BitChute, Odyssey, Rumble, and Brideon. You can also risk being shadow banned, suspended, or permanently banned on Twitter and Instagram with us, or speak freely with us on Gab. Please feel free to share your own sources with us, and remember to share the information we provided you here. You never know what kind of difference it could make. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, email the new prisoner number six at protonmail.com. Provide a brief description of the topic or topics that you would like to discuss, and a screener will contact you. You can always choose to appear anonymously. And you can also donate to the new prisoners through anchor.fm slash the new prisoner number six slash support. There, you can make a monthly donation of $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99. We also have a subscribe star where you can make a one-time or recurring contribution at subscribestar.com slash the-new-prisoners. Or you could donate U.S. dollars and crypto to us on Mines and Odyssey. All donations go towards studio upgrades to make more content and advertising to spread the word about the show. Every amount is appreciated. Demand answers, not orders. We are the new prisoners.